Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to discuss and review the Supergirl Season 6 episode titled Hope for Tomorrow. Lots of hope in Supergirl. Uh, Maybe not so much anymore, uh, (laughs) but but I saw the title and I was like, hope? Is she back? And no, she wasn't back. So no, we're thanks just, for nothing, Supergirl writers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what could have helped this episode is if Hope suddenly showed up and was like, it is me. I am the totem. <laughs> <laughs> that would have improved this episode so much. Uh, several letter grades probably from my, <laughs> my grading. Um, but uh, I guess before we uh, get to our discussion of the episode, we need to get to the news. Happy National Fossil Day. Morgan, did you know it was National Fossil Day? My favorite day. (laughs) I mark it on the calendar every year. (laughs) I put together a dinosaur in celebration. (laughs) Well, it is National Fossil Day. And speaking of bones, our first (laughs) news item is a smooth, seamless transition, Rebecca. Uh, Our first news item is a bit of a spoiler for Stargirl. So if you haven't caught up on Stargirl and you haven't watched uh, season two, episode 10, stop uh, watching or listening to this for about five to 10 minutes. We, we might talk about this for a long time. I don't know. <laughs> stop uh, listening to this for 20 to 25 minutes. <laughs> but but uh, come back and then join us afterwards um, if you don't want to be spoiled. So that is your spoiler warning for this news item because uh, we got a lot of messages uh, to the Supergirl Radio Twitter account and Facebook account about Stargirl this week. Uh, so I knew something was up. I had gotten caught up over the weekend on Stargirl. So I, I the new episode was the like the newest one I needed to watch. So I was going to watch it anyway. But uh, when people started to send us messages, I was like, well, I guess I'll watch it sooner than I was gonna. Uh, so this is a spoiler for season two, episode 10 of Stargirl. So in this week's episode... A Mr. Bones was mentioned and said to have an association with Helix, as he uh, does in the comics before becoming director of the DEO. Oh, and uh, so he, he hasn't gotten his promotion yet. No, I'm here. He's not part of climbing the... that corporate ladder. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is not a uh, director yet. He is uh, in association on the Stargirl series with the Helix Institute for Youth Rehabilitation. We don't actually see Mr. Bones, but we do hear him on the phone with a character named Louise Love, head nurse of the Helix Institute for Youth Rehabilitation. 
Nation. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we've talked about we've talked about uh, our beloved director Bones in uh, the Supergirl Radio Rebirth episodes uh, that we have done. Uh, just uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> as a reminder for people who have not listened to I those episodes. <laughs> just just a behind the scenes uh, peek at at Supergirl Radio uh, at Rebecca and I's friendship. I have a framed <laughs> photo of Director Bones looking at the framed photo of Director Bones. <laughs> it's like Director Boneception. <laughs> that is she, in my house. <laughs> she said she wanted that, so I got it for her. I was so happy <laughs> <laughs> so we have talked about director bones in our supergirl radio rebirth episodes uh i believe uh the most memorable ones were uh, issue number 15 and 19 i've linked those in the video description and i'll put those in the audio podcast show notes uh but for those who have not heard our discussions about director bones and his history uh, uh, we'll go through it really quickly. So from DC.fandom.com. In DC Comics, Helix was a group of six muta- uh, mutated children. And I'm going to change the overlay here so you can see. Uh, Helix was a group of six mutated children that were experimented on in the womb by the deranged Dr. Benjamin Love. On Stargirl, that head nurse, Louise Love, may have a connection to him or be in the place of Dr. Benjamin Love. We don't mm. know yet. Uh, as each child was born, Dr. Benjamin Love spirited them away, t- telling their parents they were stillborn. This is very uh, tragic and, and oh, that's dark, brutal. for lack of a better <laughs> term. Uh, and Dr. Benjamin Love raised these children in secret before disappearing, leaving them with no experience of the wider world and no moral sense. Calling themselves Helix, the now teenage kid uh, kids including Mr. Bones, uh, characters Penny Dreadful, Critter, Baby Boom, Tal Jones, and Iraq Wind Walker embarked on a uh, career as supervillains, repeatedly clashing with Infinite in, uh, Infinity Inc., a superhero team composed. Uh, th- I love this team. Uh, Infinity Inc. is a superhero team composed mainly of the children of members of the Justice Society of America who applied for acceptance but were rejected. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I really hate it for Infinity Inc., but you know, they oh. made a little bit of a name for themselves. Good for them. Um, Good for them. So that is the backstory of um, uh, Director Bones or Mr. Bones. And it's worth noting that Breck uh, Basinger uh, or Basinger. Uh, who is Stargirl herself, tweeted out a picture. Uh, and the tweet read, Mr. Bones. And yeah. it, had, it had the classic Bones cigar smoke yes. uh, with the gloves and the like the sharp tie with the stars. I mean, Looking that's, great. That is the classic Bones. Director Bones. That is the classic Bones if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Looking good, Mr. Bones. I, I uh, have to. I have to say. So, uh, we talked about Director Bones and his sort of his history with the DEO. I didn't know this backstory about Helix, and I had. I think, to we, I think have, we talked. I think we talked about it a little bit on Supergirl Radio in some of those episodes, but it was a long time ago. To it was me, a long time fair. ago. I don't know that we got into the rest of Helix, and I'm just. I guess I have questions about the powers of, say, Penny Dreadful or. Baby boom? <laughs> what's, what's baby boom? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see if we can go. That feels into... like it could go in many dangerous directions. <laughs> all right, all right. Hang on. Let's let's look this up. Uh, so, so baby boom. Let's see what baby boom's baby, care. Yeah. Oh, oh, Morgan, you are gonna love baby boom. Let me oh, see I if I can share my screen. This is this wait. is why this news section is gonna be twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I wasn't lying. Okay, so this is baby boom. 
Let me do a full. No. Can I, can I do a full screen? I reject nightmare? baby boom now. I don't, I don't know <laughs> baby boom is what nightmares are made of. Baby boom, baby boom is like if Chucky was a girl. Uh, that's what's going on with baby boom. Baby boom is like a small like pigtailed blonde child with like a bow and like big old lady glasses. Uh, <laughs> like, like they would wear on the golden girls holding a, like a swirly lollipop. And I don't like anything about what's happening. With baby, Boom. <laughs> baby booms uh, powers are the ability to explode things uh, with her mind. So, so she's a little baby that makes things go boom. Baby boom. Uh, baby she does, boom. She does have a weakness. She needs to have a clear shot for her power to work. Otherwise, she will destroy any obstacle between her and her uh, chosen topic. Uh, so who was the other character you were interested in? Uh, uh, Penny, Penny, Penny Dreadful. Dreadful. I want to know, is, uh, it, did, does Penny Dreadful just tell people like horror stories? It's like, <laughs> sit down. I'm going to tell you about Dorian Gray. And they're like, Penny Dreadful, not again. <laughs> All right. Let's see what Penny Dreadful's uh, story is. Well, There's Penny so Dreadful's got like a better outfit going on here. She's got yeah. like the high boots and and there's like green and white and yellow kind of normal yeah. hair <laughs> it's 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 such an upgrade from baby boom who is legitimately <laughs> terrifying uh yes yeah, so penny dreadful her powers are energy absorption electroblast she must absorb energy to fire powerful electric beams uh interesting i don't I know why say, her name is penny dreadful though it, it it's nothing about penny dreadful like stories she doesn't shoot pennies uh, she, uh, she doesn't I don't look know. that dreadful. I have to say, if if it's a head to head between Penny Dreadful and Baby Boom, <laughs> I'm going with Baby Boom because her name tells oh. me a lot about what oh, she yeah. is. No, she's I agree. a little baby. She makes things go boom, and she's scary. Yeah. I don't want to meet Baby Boom down a dark alley. Uh, <laughs> Penny Dreadful, I would just be like, oh hey, weird outfit. But Baby Boom, I'd be like, oh my god, unholy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to derail us this way. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, maybe we should do an episode on the Helix, uh, the Helix crew. We can, we can maybe justify I know that so much more. <laughs> if 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 Mr. Bones shows up on Star Girl, we'll do an episode about Mr. Bones and his history with yes. the Helix uh, crew. We, I think we can justify that, uh, <laughs> even though even though I'm so mad. We said how is it fair that they get? That they get director bones. We said this was going to happen a long time ago. We thought maybe it would be Batwoman because Batwoman I has thought a it connection would be Batwoman, yeah. to, to, to bones as well. But uh, we knew somebody else was going to take him because he's amazing. He's amazing. He's such a great character. Why he hasn't been used yet is just a mystery. But it's such a shame because Supergirl had five seasons, five, five whole seasons of the DEO. You know who is the DEO in the comics? A director bones. Director bones. He's the director of the DEO. You know, I'm kind of mad on Director Bones's behalf too, because, <laughs> because now he's got to climb that corporate ladder. If he had shown up on Supergirl, he would have just been the director. He would have yeah. just been director. But I mean, I guess he could have. He could have also. They could have given him a story arc <gasps> where it's like he's just in the back. Could you imagine how good it would be yes. if he was just in the I think background? We're thinking, I think we're thinking of like the a same lot thing. of scenes, like for maybe like a whole season. We just see a skeleton man in the background. No one explains why he's there. And then slowly he starts like working his way up and like really impressing people at the DEO. And then before you know it, like him and Alex are butting heads. Like there could have been a whole character journey for Director Bones. 
Yeah, he could have started out as like a DEO agent and then just worked his way up the ladder. God, that would have been so good. Could you imagine how satisfying it would have been? (laughs) And then when he finally gets to his office, like when he's finally like, like stepped on and clawed his way to the top, like he takes out that picture, that framed picture (laughs) of a picture of himself and he puts it on the wall and he goes, yeah. <laughs> lights, lights up his cigar, just takes a deep breath. All the smoke comes out because he's bones. <laughs> That's what have been amazing. Supergirl uh, writers, what are you thinking? I don't, it's, it's one of the, I mean, Supergirl has had many missed opportunities <laughs> uh, in the sixth season run, but this one was such a big one. Uh, Stargirl is actually really fairly faithful to the comic book mythology of DC comics. And it seems to have a lot of fun with the comic book characters and introducing them (laughs) and and actually like cares about things like the justice society and the earth Two aspect and all of that. And so it's a, it's, it's, I'm at least glad that Mr. Bones will be possibly let's cross uh, all of our fingers and toes that he will actually show up and not just be, a voice on the other end of a phone call. So hopefully, come on, season three. Come on. Um, Bones so, budget. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if anybody can do it, I think Star or Stargirl can do it. So uh, it, get, it gets my hopes if up. only. It gets my hopes up that <laughs> well, we now- might actually see Bones on some one of these TV shows. Well, now it just means that I have to catch up on all of Stargirl. Just because there's a hint. There's a there's a taste of bones in there. And so I'm I'm coming. I'm coming for you, Stargirl. Stargirl's on my actually list for a while. It's actually pretty good. It has its cheesy moments, but uh but I think it's actually a good show that has me very invested in the characters. I really before this, I didn't care about Stargirl. Like she was fine, but I didn't like it was not a character I cared about. And I like care about Courtney and her whole family and all of her friends. So they've done a good job investing me into that whole world. So uh I highly recommend it. Nice. Um, so for another bit of news, DC Fandom is coming. It's coming. It's it's <laughs> on its way. It's on its way. It's DC's free global virtual fan event featuring live webcast and activities for one day only. Uh, I'm I'm pitching it for them. Uh, where DC, <laughs> DC will showcase their biggest movies, games, shows, comics, and more, and get up close and personal with the people behind the characters and the worlds we love, with exclusive reveals, behind-the-scenes look, a looks, even more than one look, <laughs> <laughs> fan celebrations, and can't-miss moments, you'll want to be sure you're watching on October 16th, that's this Saturday, to catch all the action. So the main event video will stream live on October 16th at 1 p.m. Eastern or 10 a.m. Pacific and run approximately four hours. Uh, But even before Saturday, there are already interactive things to do on the website, like creating your own DC avatar. So you can visit DCFandom.com to check that out. Yeah, I uh, took a stab at turning myself into Supergirl. Uh, nice. I, yeah, so I did that. So you can do that Fun. with, you can do that with Kryptonians, Speedsters, uh, you know, uh, Amazonians or Amazons, Atlanteans. I, I tried to say Amazons and Atlanteans in the same thought. Uh, but you can turn yourself basically into anything, which is pretty fun. I also saw that Joker's Escape was going to be back. And uh, oh, I don't know if you remember that from last year. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Where I tried to do the Joker's Escape, and it was not great. (laughs) (laughs) It looked tough. 
<laughs> it was hard and uh my cackles were uh, just absolutely terrible so um, am i would i have to wait until actually until saturday to to test that that bad boy out or can i like go on now um i don't know cackling at it <laughs> <laughs> joker's escape might not be there now i don't know let me see let me look at the website i know there were some things like there's a selfie station that's some sort of vr thing that i can't oh. use because for some reason it doesn't work with my phone but they do have <laughs> um the shop i think is already up and uh, good to go. They also, uh, looks like Joker's Escape is on there now. So, uh, so that's good. Uh, you can also do, uh, you can get some uh, downloads, a coloring book download. I may do a, a Patreon thing of me coloring a, uh, a coloring book page might do that. Uh, so there's, there's a couple of interactive things that are already there on the dcfandom.com website. Uh, but for the video live stream event, uh, that is not happening until 1 p.m. Eastern on October 16th. Notably for Supergirl fans, there is going to be a big farewell to the Supergirl mm -hmm. TV series with the entire cast. Uh, so that should be interesting to see um, how that goes down. I don't think we have a schedule for when these things are happening, which would be really nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you just have to make yourself available for four hours on a Saturday. <laughs> Just hoping it's going to pop up at some point. Yeah. So it would be nice to be able to be prepared for some of this stuff. But, like, you know, do like you I could push stuff back if I knew like, hey, Supergirl's going to be at 1.30. Oh, okay, cool. I'll hang out for that. But like, just be be available from one to four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are they fixing? My washing machine? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when things are. <laughs> yeah, well, DC Fandom had some website issues last year, so <laughs> this does not really this surprise seems me. Like it could be an upgrade, actually, from last year's experience. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let's hope there's uh, some better uh, uh, user-friendly options on the website. Uh, Claudia but, asks, uh, will the fandom be replayed or available online later? The 16th is the one day I have an appointment all day. Uh, last year, I think they released some things on the DC Comics YouTube channel, but I cannot guarantee you uh, that. So so I, I would watch it or plan for it uh, as if it was this one-time thing because uh, I would not count on uh, some things being on the YouTube channel because they did not they released some things and then did not release other things. So uh, <laughs> I would I would try to prepare for that. Yeah. And so if you're if you're excited about DC fandom, if you've marked your calendar, maybe you want to hang out with some people who are also watching the DC fandom. Uh, you can hang out with DC TV podcasts on the day of DC fandom and discuss what happened with the event. Join several members of the network as they covered DC Va fandom 2020 live on Saturday, October 16th, starting at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on the DC TV podcast YouTube channel. So yeah. my question is, if you're watching DC Fandom, did you just have did you just have us up on the second second screen? I asked Andy about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's going to be kind of a simulcast thing. Uh, I told them I would not be available until after it was over uh, because my priority is to uh, make sure that I have participated in this <laughs> so that I can cover for this experience uh, for the podcast. So uh, we thank you. We thank you, Rebecca. We thank you for your brave sacrifice. <laughs> so I will be uh, in inside the, the dome uh, <laughs> for most of that time. But uh, if they are still live streaming after it's over, I, I might pop in and say hi, but, uh, but definitely check it out on uh, Saturday at one 30, I think PM Eastern of the DCTV podcast, YouTube channel. If you want to hang out 
with all of those people. Uh, I'm not sure what the the lineup is, but uh, there will be uh, some folks uh, that you probably know from the DCTV Podcast Network. Ooh, there, exciting! It's 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 even more fun. It's like a mystery box. Show up, and who's there? <laughs> kind of like DC Fandom, <laughs> but yeah, exactly like DC Fandom. <laughs> Woo. But I, I like I like it because it's like when you go to a convention and you bump into people and you're like, yeah. hey, it's you. It'll be like that <laughs> in all the experiences in the DC fandom. <laughs> uh, that happens to me all the time at uh, Dragon Con. I, I recognize that person's face. At one point, <laughs> I, I knew you. their name. <laughs> hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that'll that'll be quite the experience. So I'm glad DC Fandom's happening again for a second time. Uh, I, I hope they continue to do this. All right, well, let's get to uh, discussing Supergirl, uh, the episode titled Hope for Tomorrow. Here is the official description. Quote, Supergirl continues to fight Nixley for the remaining totems, but after Nixley kidnaps William, Supergirl realizes she needs to take a more proactive stance to keep National City safe. Meanwhile, Alex faces the biggest challenge of her life, unquote. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about, I think, one of the more interesting parts of the episode for me personally uh, was that we uh, we saw that Alex is a painter? Uh, yeah, Alex is a is a talented painter, <laughs> a skill that she's kept deep inside. She, <laughs> you know, while she was getting her like PhD, but also uh, rising up the ranks in the DEO, it was a very <laughs> stressful time for her. She also had a drinking problem, all simultaneous, and and she would go home and sometimes just to let off steam, she would just she would paint fairies. That was kind of what she was best at. And so in this case, she's like. You know who we really miss, who all of us really miss, and we can't, we don't know where she is, is Magan. So I'm going to, the closest you're going to get to Magan is I'm going to paint her on your wall. None of us remember to, to like wonder where she is or ask about her or just like check in on her, but she's there on your wall. So don't worry. She's just fine. One presumes, can't know. <laughs> I, um, I was wondering, because uh, like I was trying to think of like, how they could use that in the story. <laughs> and what I would do is I would have like Magan stuck in the painting, <laughs> like having to come out of it. They did that on Doom Patrol and it was awesome. Uh, so uh, what, what, if you just, what if you just heard from the corner, guys, guys, it's me, help. <laughs> That's why we haven't seen her. She's stuck in the painting. She's stuck in the painting. They're not going to do that, but... Poor fairy Magan. <laughs> that would be so cool. Um, I I I don't mind it because uh, you know I have some friends who are you know uh, who have children who have decorated their rooms and things uh, like that with painting and stuff. But for for many seasons, uh, we saw uh, like an art easel in Kara's apartment. Yeah, we talked about Kara's artistic skills <laughs> that were apparently off screen. Last week on this we podcast. We did. We manifested this to life in, in Why? a weird way. <laughs> Why is it Alex painting it and not Kara? What if we thought that it was Kara painting the whole time, but it was actually Alex would just come over to her house like <sighs> at all kinds of weird times and she would just paint. That was that was kind of like their togetherness. And, and Kara's like, I beg you, don't just show up and paint. It's weird. And Alex <laughs> is like, I'm sorry. When the inspiration strikes, I got to go. That's that's my gift. 
So maybe she just uh, used Carr's apartment because she didn't want to get paint all over her furniture. Exactly. Her, her her apartment was nice. And, you know, Carr's apartment, also nice. But, you know, Carr can it's clean fine. it up it's faster. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she can clean it up. She's got those superpowers. And so Alex would just go over there to do a little bit of uh, create creativing. And then she would leave. Yeah, I just makes perfect sense. I don't know why we didn't why we didn't consider that before. Uh, Maybe because what? But (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, it was so funny to see her doing the painting. Didn't know she was into that, but good on her. And she did a great job. Like great job. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting, given that we had always assumed that Kara was the one painting. Uh, uh, <laughs> John does say that it, the mural of Magan represents hopes and dreams with a guardian protector to keep all who enter safe. And that it was uh, something similar to what uh, Mirin or Marin, however you prefer, <laughs> uh, had painted something like that in Jean's daughter, or daughters, I wasn't sure who he was referring to. Who uh, uh, in <laughs> one of the daughters, or both daughters, uh, room on Mars. So it did, it did have a you know a significance. Uh, my head canon is that Magan is stuck in the painting, and I that's why that. we haven't seen her. But uh, but maybe the that's... ghostly voice of Magan will just haunt Esme. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like a telltale heart situation where she's like there's a lady talking to me from the wall and they're gonna be like oh little girl it's okay your powers are overwhelming you're just like no for real and megan's like in the corner no for real (laughs) i've been here for months uh yeah so that would explain it um but yeah so i just wanted to start off with that just because it was pretty glaring right off the (laughs) the top of the episode i did it did give me a good um opportunity to scream oh there's magan (laughs) (laughs) so on that note uh what did you think about alex and kelly bringing little esme home and uh trying to help her with her mimic powers I thought that that storyline was really good. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, it was good to see at the end of the last episode. I mean, we knew what was going to happen, but we didn't actually see them like take her home. Um, So it was good to see that they had decided to, it sounds like they're doing like a foster to adopt situation. Um, I don't know how the like red tape would have worked for something like that and neither does supergirl and that's okay um but yeah i liked the uh, i liked the storyline with all of them um and ha- trying to kind of guide her through her powers and i think alex kind of went immediately into like uh boss mode and was like okay well you just really have to work on this until you until you get it and and you know esme's a little girl and was like I'm sleepy. Uh, and Alex is like, sleeping is for quitters. Uh, <laughs> so I, I did appreciate like the, you know, the first episode that they have Esme home. Like Alex isn't just a great mother right away and uh, is kind of learning how to. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Bunsen. Bunsen. Bunsen my God. He's Whoa. a Bunsen is back. He, hey, he came home today oh, and good he's for him. decided he to visit. He's feeling a lot better. Good. Uh, it would be great if he didn't maybe uh, tip anything over up here. We'll Uh-oh. see. That'll be his challenge for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to try to be a good cat mom and not yell at him. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it was nice to see that like she wasn't like an instantly the world's greatest mom. 
Uh, and neither was uh, was Kelly, actually. It took Kelly a while to figure out that, you know, maybe Esme was dealing with some abandonment issues and some rejection issues from her experiences. And I liked I liked the usage of the baby uh, truth seeker. Mm-hmm. I was like, sweet. Love that guy. So excited to see him <laughs> back. He is kind of cute. But I will say I was offended. And, and maybe I misunderstood. But they were like, we got you a pet. Here he is. <laughs> and she was like, sweet. Love this guy. Love his whole vibe. And then later on when they're back in her bedroom, I did not see him. Mm. What kind of pet do you like? He better be in another room in that house is all I'm saying. They better not have told this poor little girl who they spent the entire day traumatizing. (laughs) We got you a pet. And then they just left the pet behind. Oh no no no! It's not one of the, it's not one of those pets you keep. It's just like one of those pets that like occasionally we use to teach you an important lesson. Mm, like, mm-hmm. hey, let that baby truth seeker let her take care of that baby truth seeker. Maybe give him like little some little baby truth seeker pellets or something. I don't know what he eats. <laughs> give her, let him have a couple sons. I don't know. Yeah, they can they, <laughs> they, they can put a, a a little aquarium or something in her yeah, room. Little, I don't know. Little, little sunlight, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that could work. Yeah, I think that, he'd be great. Teacher responsibility. <laughs> I did like that scene. That was probably my favorite scene in the whole episode, just because it it made a lot of sense that they were uh, needing to convince little Esme because she was sort of, you know, because of her past experience, was questioning a lot of things and wasn't believing them. And so that gave her an opportunity to truly know how they felt and what they thought. So I thought that was actually uh, one of the the better executed uh, bits of writing in the in the episode. So I liked that. The only thing I didn't like about uh, the storyline with little Esme was the Supergirl part of it. I really liked Aunt Cara at the beginning. Loved Aunt Cara. Was so excited about her bringing all her little stuffed animals and blankets that Eliza got her. I was like, okay, that's good stuff. Um, but when Supergirl's like, hey, mimic my powers, we're going to try super hearing first because <laughs> super hearing is always the easiest one to do. That why, why would I, she, I didn't like, why like wouldn't she suggest the little girl fly. Well, she mentions That's heat vision. <laughs> Slide is the fun one, but she mentions heat vision in such a cute way where she's like, heat vision comes in handy with hot chocolate. Like that would have been a better way to go about it. Kids yeah. love hot chocolate. I mean, I'm I'm a big kid that loves hot chocolate. Hot, everyone loves hot chocolate. Go to the hot chocolate thing first with the heat vision. I can understand maybe not wanting to put a small child uh, with powers of you know heat vision right away. That maybe would be a little bit dangerous, but would it have been worse than the super hearing? I don't know because you never know what somebody's going to pick up with super hearing. Some <laughs> some some things that maybe she shouldn't hear. Uh, and some things that obviously scared her. And so I, do, I don't think that was the best way to go about that. And it, what really upset me about that was this wasn't an episode where Supergirl was struggling to, to be able to give people hope. And I thought it would, be, would have been really nice if she gave this little girl who felt abandoned, who uh, didn't have a home, the sense of being able to control herself, being around people who seemed to care about her, was able to conquer something to, to help her understand herself. And if Supergirl had gotten that win and felt like she gave that little girl hope, that would have been amazing. <laughs> and instead, they chose to make Supergirl do something dumb 
because they needed that conflict for the story. And I did not like that. If, if we're five episodes from the end of this entire show, we only we only have we're in the home stretch. We the really end are. of the show is coming. And they could not in the first, well, the second scene with this little girl. They could not in the first scene with her as Supergirl, which was adorable. She knew Kara and Supergirl were the same person oh, right away. That was and, and I feel like upstairs, Lena was like, I just got angry for some reason. I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> but I I thought it was so great until the superheroing thing where things went bad. And I just I wish we could see more of Supergirl at this point in the show because I want to be cheering for Supergirl. I want her to have like all these great heroic moments that are like big, impactful things, especially emotionally. It's one thing if she like saves the world or whatever, but if she um, <laughs> if she has an impact with another person and and uh, hits somebody emotionally, that's that's something that I would love to see out of Kara. And they took that moment and squandered it, and I did not like that at all. Just just to provide that conflict uh, for the Kelly Alex um, storyline with Esme. And ugh, that just it was one of the things I had a lot of problems with Supergirl in this episode. And that was one of them. And I, I just did not care for the way they handled that. But the rest of the Esme stuff was adorable and cute. And I would watch a whole a whole show about Esme, the little uh, girl who can mimic powers and phase through walls uh like her her grandpa john uh, john i would uh i would watch that show uh Me too. <laughs> so, I, I, I liked everybody getting like really hyped about esme like john was like oh my god i love her and brainy was like what does she want wasn't there like a whole thing about like does she want a train or does she want a castle uh, uh, yeah <laughs> and yeah I, I can't remember what the options were but i like that lena and car were like oh, obviously a train yes like who are you (laughs) the options were castle theme park or train castle theme park or train yeah and and cara and uh and lena were like a train obviously and then they were like hey girl high five uh that was fun (laughs) like uh, everything around how excited everybody was for esme to be there and to join to to kind of join the super family and i think all of alex and kelly's scenes with her when they're when they're telling her you know like we're both superheroes so you don't have to worry and like we're gonna you know we're gonna protect you um i thought all that stuff was really great and and even the super hearing scene though it did go awry at the end i like that she had her immediately like listen for alex's heartbeat and like listen to alex's i thought that stuff was sweet but i agree like i i wish i we had seen Supergirl be able to like actually connect with Esme and not have all of that go immediately awry. Like we get it in the other storylines. Like she's struggling. She doesn't have to struggle in every storyline. It's getting a little bit tiring. Like Supergirl used to be good at things sometimes and then bad at other things sometimes. And now it feels like she's just constantly getting kind of kicked down, which is not as fun as they think it is to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Just mix it up every now and then let her have a little win. Um, And uh, I do, I do agree with you that the Alex heartbeat thing I did like, because I imagine in my head canon that Kara has memorized Alex's heartbeat, that she listens for it all the time. That's uh, that's something that I think would be really cool. And so the fact that she would be able to hear Alex's heartbeat um, and then have little Esme uh, listen for it. I thought that 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 was really cool. That was a nice little connection there. Um, So there were there were good parts and bad parts of that. But (laughs) um, but I think the Esme stuff uh, for the most part for me was 
uh, you know, pretty much the best part of this episode. Um, so uh, I guess since we've talked about her a little bit, I don't know if we want to go hard so fast uh because i uh, i just to be honest uh uh after i watched the episode i was the maddest i have ever been (laughs) the maddest i've ever been i was really mad in season one blood bonds when cara and jean tricked cat grant out of knowing that cara was supergirl i was pretty mad (laughs) in season four i remember not liking one of those early episodes of the season i was pretty mad then but this episode made me throw my hands up like i quit I quit. This all is right. It. All this right, is, Rebecca. This is this is it. it. Uh, so uh, I'm so glad that we podcast. Not I, I'm glad we don't podcast right after the episode airs. <laughs> Sometimes you just need processing. Time. I had to cool down. Um, so I w- I'm curious before I get to my thoughts so that I can cool down after I've <laughs> uh, fired myself up. Uh, Morgan, what did you think about uh Supergirl and the choices she made with the uh, Hope Totem this week. So there's just like a lot happening in this one. Um, and I say that in, that sounds like it was like a exciting action packed episode. And I don't want to give people that impression. Um, <laughs> there was one scene where I went, hold on, I'm sorry. My mind wandered. I have to rewind that and like watch five minutes. Like I was just thinking about the laundry I have to do, uh, which is not really where I want my headspace to be this close to the finale of like the show I've been podcasting about for six years. Uh, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't, I don't know what was even going on with this one uh, is my question. So I have a question. So the scene that I had to rewind was that scene between, um, I think it was between Kara and Lena um, where Lena, who is like really embracing her witchy ways, her hair is crimped now. She's like really just going into that witch vibe. The witch vibe is apparently like your hair is like not poker straight anymore. Now you got a little curl in it. The curl is nature, you know, taking hold. <laughs> uh, she, she's also looking up uh, charms about complexion, complexion elixirs. Sure. Uh, I wasn't exactly sure what that had to do with anything, but. Uh... Well, well, you know what? She's, she might, may or may not be poor now. And uh, what, be- <laughs> what better way to make your money than with like uh, YouTube makeup tutorials, but like with your witch powers. And I think that she, I think she's going to monetize that channel real fast is the thing (laughs) anyway i'm sorry to interrupt i just love that you pause that to see what spells she was looking at and that they made no sense i i like that i like that as a whole vibe for her (laughs) um but so they're having this conversation about the situation between casnia and the other country (laughs) corto maltese corto maltese and um (laughs) I love that one, too. I love them equally. (laughs) Um, And she's like, well, why can't you just take all their nukes? Like, why can't you just take all the nukes in all the world and get rid of them? And Supergirl's like, well, I can't. Like, I have a, a, like a, I've swore an oath not to. And I went, okay, all right, let me clarify. Okay. She, She says, I am forbidden from interfering in human history. Morgan, do you know what that's from? No. It is from the Christopher Reeve, I think the first Superman movie, where he's he's told, mm-hmm. I think by Jarrell. I haven't watched it in a while, but Jarrell tells him not to interfere in human history. That mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. applies <laughs> to Supergirl. Mm-hmm. I was no. trying to think, has anyone ever <laughs> told her that? Is that anything that 
I know Superman fans are going to like <laughs> latch onto that. And we're going to recognize <laughs> what that is. But has that ever been established in the show? So Supergirl? So I have the memory Who of told Alex her that? after she got memory wiped. So it's Swiss cheese, basically. It's <laughs> I, I'm I'm microwaving staplers on a daily basis, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that never nobody ever told her that even once in this whole entire show. But she said it with the confidence of a writer who is like, I think we've established that. <laughs> you haven't. And also, she uh interferes in human history all, all the, time. the time, arguably all the time just the other day just the other a couple episodes ago not even that many episodes ago she was going to a city council meeting (laughs) to get a building rezoned that is not does that not count to her as human history (laughs) now uh i have to to be fair to supergirl i'll I'll let her speak for herself (laughs) because lena does um (laughs) lena does uh, uh let's see where where do i where do i have that in here uh, Lena says something like, uh, Lena called her on that and Supergirl justified, uh, justified it saying that it was different because they were in pursuit of a villain and that it was temporary. Cause, uh, Lena calls her on the, the, the whole fact of removing people's humanity, which is what I was screaming at the TV. I was like, oh, you don't interfere with human history. You just removed people's humanity last week. What was that about? And so Lena actually uh, spoke my words for me. And Supergirl <laughs> was like, well, I mean, it's okay, though, even though I'm not supposed to, even though no one on the show has ever told me this, I kind of, it was fine because I was fighting a super villain and it was just, it was like temporary. We fixed it. It was fine. So, I mean, that's, that's, I can do it then. It's Listen, fine. It, it, JK, JK on last week. Okay. I think we've all, <laughs> I think we've all agreed last week was a mulligan for all of us. And we're just going <laughs> to move forward. Lena, no one needs this from you, Lena. Just work on your makeup tutorial. Um, It's kind of Kara's, Kara's uh, <laughs> opinion. No, I, so I was so deeply confused. I, I literally thought like, oh, no, I've zoned out and I've missed an important <laughs> something important. And I have to go back and rewatch that scene. I went back and I rewatched that scene. And I was like, that scene was the same. And I turned to Mike and I was like, do you remember when somebody told her she couldn't interfere with human history? And he was like, no. And I was like, OK, so maybe it's not just me. But arguably, every time she defeats a supervillain from taking over an entire city or something. That's interfering in human history. I feel like if they had been like, no, you know what? Honestly, I think I don't think it's a good idea to like mess around in international relations that don't have anything to do with me. Okay. But she was like, no, no, I took a, a solemn oath to never interfere in human history. And it was like, you did. You've time traveled a couple of times. Time traveled. You've she literally time traveled. Yes. <laughs> Okay, what do you so think that is? So I just <laughs> so, want to. Sorry, I I'm did, coming in hot now. Too. No, no. <laughs> so I, I need to, I need to break this down because, like last week, where she and Lena, where Supergirl and Lena are like, we're definitely not going to do that thing, but then they still did it. It was kind of confusing. This yeah. week, this week was like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, and I was really struggling with it because, okay, so Supergirl initially says. I am forbidden from interfering in human history. And I hope I have my timeline correct here. 
Then Supergirl says, uh, after she justifies it, like, oh, I was just uh, pursuing a villain and it was temporary. Then she says, unilaterally, though, changing the world stage, getting involved at that level, that is not for me to do. People and nations should be self-determining. That's freedom. That's what we're fighting for. And uh, and so that that would that would be the right answer, I think. But then she ends up doing that anyway. <laughs> and then she also says someone referring to Nixley is interfering into human history who doesn't care about humanity or hope. And I will do whatever it takes to protect this planet, including disarming those countries so that the people don't have to fear tomorrow or the next day or the next. So she contradicts herself from one scene to the next. And she has no... What frustrates me about this is it's not consistent in the writing. And it's also making Supergirl look wishy-washy on her morals and she's not even like considering all the uh, all of the implications okay so you get rid of all the nuclear arms which is a th throwback to superman for a quest for peace because that's what mm -hmm. superman tries to do in that movie fine whatever but you go and do that you don't think there's going to be consequences after that you don't think people of the world are going to be like excuse me we did not invite you into our issues you're interfering in human history please don't <laughs> do that so I, I don't I mean, I, I don't follow like the logic that getting rid of all nuclear arms is going to stop people from hating or wanting to kill each other. That's just <laughs> how the world is. That's how humanity is. There's always going to be there. Unfortunately, there are always going to be people who are going to try to kill other people who are going to hate other people. That's just the way humanity is. We're a fallen people and it's going to happen whether <laughs> you throw all the nuclear arms up into space or not. So one could also <laughs> argue that like. <laughs> people could just remake those nukes yes so, like I, i'm in, i'm in favor listen cara take all the nukes and toss those into the sun oh no the sun's blown up don't do that take those nukes and toss them into something else something that hasn't just killed the hope totem anyway uh and get rid of them those are those nukes are gone okay cool but like what is stopping them from just doing it again also we talked about climate change this week. I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. I'm just asking questions here. <laughs> is throwing stuff into the sun, is that helping anything? I, I think she's got to stop throwing stuff into the sun, I think. <laughs> the sun is not where you throw all your litter, Cara. How does, how does that not mess with climate change? We need that it. That seems like a life. big, important thing <laughs> why are you putting stuff in there um and miss fiction fanatic makes a good point in the chat wasn't restoring the multiverse interfering in interfering in human history yeah absolutely yeah. it was yeah of course it was of course it was M my issue is not that like they had car decide to get rid of some nukes like okay my problem is that like there will be no repercussions for that in the the show i assume I doubt that there will be like, I doubt that there's going to be any kind of follow up on like what that does or what that means for Supergirl. Are people mad at her? Are people excited about it? Like, I don't think that they're going to like dive deep into the, the repercussions of these actions. I just think that they, they wanted it to happen in this episode. And so like, I don't, and also, they didn't need to establish this moral boundary that she was living under that we've never heard of before that she obviously breaks all the time, <laughs> only to have her break it again. It's like, it, it, to your point, Rebecca, it is exactly what happened in that last episode. And it's the reason why, like, I almost never 
rewatch just individual scenes of Supergirl. And I had to rewatch last that scene last week and the scene this week because they didn't make any sense to me. And they're immediately contradicted like later on in the story to the point where it's confusing to you why they would even bother setting this thing up and then not paying it off in any way. Like, what are they doing? And what's even worse is that they have her vocalizing the right thing to do. Like, she's (laughs) like, I shouldn't interfere. It's for the people to decide for themselves. That's the answer. That is the answer. Um, And to, to the fact that like she had to pass the gauntlet by getting rid of the nuclear arms, like she couldn't pass it another way. That to me was just kind of silly. And the um well, then also I the rules thinking, of the totem changed. Yeah. Well, so like the Kurds totem. So I, I just want to ask a, oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah. question to help me clarify. So the Kurds totem, when we saw the Kurds totem, it gave people more courage to go out and do all these crazy curate, you know, it gave them courage to do all these things. Yeah. Then in this week's episode, the Kurds totem, which I think the the effect happened because of Nixley's thing that Mitch gave her, yeah. uh, that she affixed, affixed onto the, the, the cuff or her arm or whatever, it depleted courage. Yeah. Yeah, of course it did. That makes perfect sense. Why, why would it work in one way in one episode and then work the complete opposite way in the other episode? Well, I also had another question. You, that could, I was... fi- you could fix that. Sorry to keep interrupting. Oh, no, no, Mark. please, please. Yeah. But you, you can fix that in the writing by saying that the world leaders were so courageous, they were able to tell each other what they really thought. Yes, just like those people yelling at each other in the museum about like, like, dude, I tell you to uh, don't eat my lunch. My, my name is clearly labeled on the thing. <laughs> like, finally, they have the courage to be like, you know what? That was my project and you took all the credit for it. I'm like, yeah, things going to go down. Stuff's going to get real. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I also I was struggling with that, too, because it seemed to me that like. The obvious answer was that Supergirl go into that room with all the world leaders yelling at each other and give a good give a hope speech and save the day. And I was like, well, why is nobody thinking about they're like, okay, Supergirl's like, well, obviously I got to jet out of here. I can't deal with all these people and their negative vibes. So, Jean, you take care of it. And I was like, what? And why is why? I think you could have gotten you. I think you could have gone that way and still had her by her her new rule of not interfering in human history. She could <laughs> she could have given a speech as she does as per super, super. Jean even says in this episode, that's kind of your brand. She could have given a hope speech without interfering. They would still have to make their own decisions about what to do, but they could have had the words spoken to them, to them, giving them advice on things. And that would have fulfilled her little rule that she has, that she took from the Donnerverse that was explained out of nowhere. And, (laughs) and she could have passed the gauntlet that way. So I agree with you. I I think that would have been the way to actually go about that. That was strange to me that they went straight to nuclear arms. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the totem. So uh, Trey Ranger in the comments had a, a, uh, an idea said, I think now that Nixley has control of the co- courage totem, she can control if it takes or gives courage. And that's a headcanon I can definitely accept. I can see it. They need to establish that, though. <laughs> but wouldn't that make them cowardly? Why would that make them jump to, we're going to fire our nuclear missiles? 
Yeah. You would like cower in a corner. If you're not you, courageous, if it depletes your courage, you would be cowardly. You know what most people don't want is to die in a nuclear blast. That's like you would run from it. Much the scariest thing that can possibly happen. I don't why, yeah. I don't know. That does it didn't make any sense to me. I, I had the same question as you, Rebecca. I was like, if they're if she took away their courage, why aren't they both just like, hey, sorry? Or, you know, like, hey, we're going to just retreat. Like, it, taking away their courage makes them more angry because giving people courage, like three episodes, also made them more angry. What What's the logical consistency <laughs> of this? To- I don't, I, I listen, I'm, a, I'm willing to go along with anything that this show wants to throw at me. Lena's a witch now. Sure. sure. Why not? <laughs> Loving that hair journey for her. And I can't wait to subscribe to her YouTube channel. Uh, I can bring an iguana to a museum. Why not? He's my emotional support iguana. Uh, okay, that's fine. But like you need to have logical consistency within whatever wacky thing is happening on your show. The problem with Supergirl is not that they do wacky things in the story. The problem is that they're it's not consistently like the the rules aren't set up and then followed. The rules are whatever not even a whole episode anymore, whatever a specific scene needs them to be. And they can change scene to scene, it seems like now. It used to be that, like, the rules were for one episode. You know, guns were bad one episode, and then the next episode, Alex is like, pew, pew, my alien gun. And you're like, (laughs) I don't know, John's okay with that? He's just letting you be the only one who has a gun? That's cool. Not favoritism. But, like, now, the, the rules... The internal rules of this show are changing scene by scene. And it's such a puzzling experience to watch it. It makes me feel like, am I too tired? Am I watching this while I'm tired? It's like (laughs) the middle. I could be watching it in the middle of the day. I'm like, am I sleepy? Did I dream that scene? (laughs) Yeah. Claudia says that Jean explained that the totem made them paranoid and untrusting. But that's not not part of the courage. Like, I, I can understand that. And I appreciate you mentioning that, Claudia. But yeah, yeah. But that's not that's not what they established before they just said the courage totem gave them a lot of courage that was the rule and and uh, exactly like uh, claudia is pointing out you know what the the show is establishing is like this is why but several episodes ago when they got the courage totem the excess courage was making people act irrationally um and you know confrontationally and causing all these fights and so you would think that that the you know taking away the courage would do something different but it's like no the end result of all these totems is just that people fight more and it's like well how is that interesting like you you've established these different totems that do different things but then they all do the same thing yeah so why are we wasting our time with this yeah it's it to me it did not make (laughs) uh much sense at all and also um I guess when we're talking about that whole like uh, missile thing, I just wanted to point out in my second viewing, I I didn't catch this the first time around, but uh, Martian Manhunter says that he and Brainy will fly the missiles into the sun. Oh, no. And I I thought, oh, no. Why is Martian Manhunter doing that? Isn't his weakness fire? His (laughs) his one 
weakness is that he's scared of fire. The Not sun anymore. is the biggest fireball that we know of. Not anymore, Rebecca. He's what? so brave. <laughs> why? why would you have Martian Manhunter fly something into the sun? Because they don't remember that he's afraid of fire is the thing. They don't remember His that His whole civilization burned. No, that's got why none of he's that. like the last Martian, <laughs> except for Magon. Where's the whole race of people, except for the white Martians, burned alive. And they were going to send him into the sun. <laughs> I cannot even deal with that. It is the most bizarre choice. I heard that. I was like, I'm sorry, what? You want to have Martian Manhunter fly it into the sun? What? <laughs> It's, I mean, there's, there's no defending it. There's no, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And it's another case of like, this is a show about Supergirl and she very rarely gets to do any cool things on her own anymore. It's like, it's like I was complaining about it like the last episode or the episode before that but when they ma they made William Day go like oh no I can fight these guys Supergirl <laughs> yeah. don't worry about it you go over and you know protect Lena or whatever and I was like she can do both she's Lena Supergirl. wasn't even in danger like since when are you like a are you karate kid dude <laughs> <laughs> they're they're just it's i don't understand why they need to make everybody so powerful that they're kind of as powerful as supergirl there's a there should be tiers and supergirl should be at the top of that tier and then everybody else should just be kind of cascading below it and they shouldn't keep having these other characters do things that supergirl could very well do herself like i understand that the challenge of writing like superman and supergirl is that they can basically do everything and they're kind of overpowered but the answer is not to just make her friends do all her work for her this isn't catco <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so since we're talking about supergirl and the sun <laughs> um always we, we always should, will be we we should maybe talk about the thing that i think made me matter than the martian manhunter fire thing okay i love it i can't what wait. what did you think about supergirl just a reminder just want to put the emphasis that supergirl yep literally and metaphorically threw hope into the sun sure why not i mean that's how i kind of feel about this season i gotta be <laughs> honest <laughs> if i only had to pick one to throw into the sun it would be this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that was a tough moment, I think, for me as a Supergirl fan to watch her just overhand throw hope straight into the sun. As it, <laughs> as it burned up. But OK, so here comes my second big question of the episode. Uh, and maybe you have the answer for this. Uh, I didn't understand it. So when they're looking at the three totems and they're like, mm -hmm. what are we going to do with these guys? What do yeah. we do with a problem like these totems? Yeah, they have and the courage <laughs> totem, the humanity totem, and the hope totem. So they're deciding, like, somebody's got to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who will it be? And so they're like, well, we've seen how bad it is when nobody has courage or or people have too much courage. It's kind of a potpourri grab bag kind of situation. <laughs> and we've... <laughs> We've seen how bad it is when nobody has humanity. That was pretty bad. Also, I guess kind of bad when they had too much humanity. Again, it's a, you know, it's a, you're the finding snow the, leopards. You're finding the middle way, kind of like Buddha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then they're like, yeah, but if we get rid of hope, are we getting rid of everybody's hope in the whole world? And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> 
I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We need to rewind and reverse that. And we need to just like really dig into this. Are you saying that the attributes of these totems are associated with the well-being of these attributes in the entire world? Because I don't think that was established and I could be wrong. But like when they used the courage totem, only people in the museum and for like a block radius got extra courage. And the same, like when they use the humanity totem, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a global shutdown and like everybody was going, it wasn't the purge. <laughs> oh, Morgan, are you still there? Yes. Morgan may. Oh yeah. Uh, you froze up a little bit. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, oh you're back. I think you're back. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it, was, it, it wasn't the purge is where it we wasn't left, the purge. It, left off. <laughs> Uh, it was just some people met. It was like people met in national city. So why now is it suddenly like if we destroy the humanity totem, everybody on earth loses their humanity. Like I was that previously established in any way. No, the only thing I think Lena says that you're, you're alluding to is if we destroy the totems that could affect the elements in the real world. Yes. So like, they don't know. They they were acting like, well, this is how we decide, well, like, w- what can go, right? It's like, well, we can't, we can't have courage go and we can't have uh, humanity go uh, because it'll go, it could go everywhere. It's like, I don't, is that what's going to happen? So what, go, what really, <laughs> uh, I'm going to try to see if I can make this uh, understandable for everybody for why, <laughs> why this was so irritating to me. Was that, so they have these three totems. There's three out of seven. So there's four more totems that we haven't even tracked down. <laughs> oh, God, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> there, are, there are four other totems that they could have, uh, uh, you know, used as process of elimination here. So they go, okay, humanity, we, we can't do that one. That's definitely, we can't do that one. Uh, we can't do courage. Uh, can't do that one. And then <laughs> Supergirl gets to hope and she's like, well, this is it. This has to be it. It has to be hope. And I was like, no, it doesn't. You have doesn't... four other totems. Why does this have to be hope? Can I interrupt you and just, yes. and just point out that one of the totems is dreams? Dreams. Why, why can't you eliminate dreams? You know what? None of us none of us dream at night anymore. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> our brains just don't process those things during our REM cycle. Well, I see, think we're all right. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, Morgan. So Nia is in Parthis looking for the dream totem. So we have to we have to have the dream totem because we then we have, have to have, to have the dreamer the dream. episode. Of course, of course, of course. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not like saving the hope totem for like the lead character the of the main show. Character. That's no. that's that's not no. important. That would so, be madness. <laughs> so here's here's what the show tries to justify it with. Supergirl says, we prove that even when the world has lost all hope, we can be the example to bring it back. Even if there are consequences to destroying the hope totem, we can do it again. So I just I just have a problem. And I think this is becoming a cumulative effect for me over the course of this season, where at the beginning, we didn't really spend a lot of time with Car. If we saw Car in the Phantom Zone, it was for five minutes per episode. We didn't really care. Her her <laughs> her, da- her dad she thought was dead oh, was Jason alive. Bear. He was keeping it tight, keeping it he so came, tight. <laughs> he, came, he came back, and then he was on Earth for an episode. Then he went to Argo off screen to reconnect with Kara's mother 
off screen. And so we don't even get to see her reunite with both of her parents together, which I would like to remind everybody is the most tragic part of Kara and Supergirl's backstory is that she leaves that planet having lost her parents, or so she thinks, lost her entire civilization. And the show will not deliver a, a on-screen reunion with her parents that she has now both had both of them come back to life. We can't, we can't, we can't deal with that. We can't spend time on that. <laughs> So last week we had Supergirl make a decision to be like, nah, I'll take everybody's humanity. No big deal. As long as we tell everybody in the light of day in a Catco magazine article that nobody's <laughs> really reading anyway, because nobody reads magazines anymore. But that's besides the point. <laughs> Who cares? We put it out in the light of day. Who cares if I made a morally questionable decision as Supergirl? Doesn't matter. Then this week, they literally had Supergirl, the symbol of hope on the show, who has made, I can't, I have lost track of how many hope speeches she's given. <laughs> I do remember that in the season one finale, she said the word hope seven times in that speech that will sure always did. stick in my memory because I counted so every single one. <laughs> they had her be the symbol of hope. That is the thing. That is her brand, as Jean said. And they had her literally and metaphorically throwing hope into the sun. And I just don't know what to do with this show anymore when it comes to Supergirl. <laughs> do I think they like the character of Supergirl? I don't know. I can't tell. <laughs> Have they ever read or opened up a comic book of Supergirl stories? I don't know. I can't tell. But what I have a problem with and what I'm struggling with as a viewer, and I'm so glad to see Bunsen because it's a Bunsen, I think Bunsen really agrees with you here. I it's think a Bunsen's it's a calming effect. As well. <laughs> it's a calming effect to see a lab cat on the screen. So I appreciate that. <laughs> but I just, I cannot believe that this show, five episodes from the end, is doing this to Supergirl. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It, it just, it's so disrespectful to her. And like, to your point, like, I don't even think that we've really fully processed how insane it is <laughs> that they brought back her father. Uh, it never felt like we really got deep into those emotions of like what it was like to think he was dead forever. Uh, and then he comes back. He sees her life for like an episode. And then he was like, sweet. Well, it's been it's been real. Bye bye. And he goes to Argo like we we don't even deal with the fact that somewhere out there in the universe, her mom and dad are together and she could just like go up and be there with them as a family now. Like the fact that she doesn't even seem to consider for a second, like what would it be to just go to Argo and be with my family and finally have that family back together again that I've always wanted is crazy. Like not even for an episode. She's just like, bye dad. It's been real. She didn't even take him to Argo. Brainy did it. This is the most <laughs> this is the most impactful thing that could have happened to Kara Zorel. Yeah, the this... most impactful thing that could happen. And we never spent time. I'm hoping my, <laughs> I, I should not hope with this show because hope has been thrown into the sun and destroyed and is she gone. She got forever. rid of it. I'm sorry. You can't uh, hope so, anymore. <laughs> so can't hope. Low expectations going into the end of this show. But I'm 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 wishing upon a star. <laughs> uh, like, uh, I don't know, Jiminy Cricket or something. I am wishing upon a star that uh, that that will be how the show ends, that she reconnects with her parents and that she has a, a happy family ending. I don't know. I don't if she stays on Argo or not. I just want to see her with both of her parents. <laughs> but I just I, I just I was baffled by their choice to have Supergirl throw hope into the sun and destroy. <laughs> she literally destroyed hope. 
Yeah, that was a that was a puzzler. I'm gonna be honest. That one that one was a puzzler to me personally. I was like, I'm sorry, what's she's deciding to do what with what? Her her favorite thing, her main thing? Uh, I just right I into the sun? That's right, what she's doing. Right into the right sun. Into the sun. Just <laughs> destroy like I understand that the process of we can't let Nixley have all these allstones, so we have to destroy one of them. Because if we destroy one of them, she can't create the Allstone and she can't take over the world. I get that. But why Hope? Hope should have been the one that we clung to. And it's like... with Hope, with Hope, (laughs) you get everything else. Yeah. And it's not like it's the defining part of her character or anything that they've established in this show across multiple seasons and multiple hope speeches given directly to a camera, which she'll probably just do next week. She'll probably be like, I got to help out with the hope. I've got this speech all written. Don't worry. I just, I usually just recycle them. Honestly, it's not new material. Um, But still like her, her biggest established characteristics. And you're just going to have her throw that into the sun. It's like thematically, it makes no, I mean, it makes no sense on multiple, multiple levels, but thematically it makes no sense. Like, it's not like the writer, like, Oh, our, our hands were tied. The other two ones were too dangerous. You wrote them being the other two ones. Like (laughs) you didn't, there was no, nothing that said that you, you were just backed into a corner and you had to have Supergirl throw hope in there. You could have had one be like the power, the, you know, the totem of not liking broccoli. And (laughs) and that's the one, you know, it's just, it's just, I don't understand why you would ever have Supergirl as a character throw away hope. Like, I don't care if it's just symbolically. It's crazy. It's her main thing. I I understand what they were trying to do. Just to be like fully transparent. I understand that they were trying to say that like, oh, we can give each other hope. You know, uh, that that I understand. But the act of her throwing that, the, the visual of her throwing hope into the sun and destroying it, that kind of broke me as a fan. And it's uh, it's like, hard. Wasn't to, she it's, the paragon of hope? She was the paragon of hope, and so <laughs> Not it, anymore. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard for me to get over that. And I, I've I've maybe calmed down a little bit, maybe a little <laughs> bit, but it's still that that kind of lost me on the the show in this final season. And um, I think Donna had a comment saying uh, destroy by destroying one of the totems, you end the totem storyline. So do you think the the totem storyline is finished? I mean, if Dreamer's still looking for the Dream Totem, I well, guess it's gotta, not finished. We got to get that Dream that Dream Totem episode uh, for Dreamer because they queued that up and they they set her up that they're not going to Charlie Brown her. Uh, <laughs> they're not just going to pull the football right right away from her when she's about to she, get she's her not, Dream Totem. <laughs> she's she's not going to come back to the tower. She's going to be like, guys, I found the Dream Totem, and they're like, doesn't matter anymore. We, we I, that would have been hilarious that would be hilarious <laughs> if that happens i almost forgive them for a lot of things <laughs> if if dreamer comes back and she's like all cut up and she's like bloody and dirty and she's got the dream totem in her hand <laughs> she's, she's like, like crawling on the ground she's like cr- she crawls guys guys, guys, I got it. guys i did it and they're like oh did we forget to text you <laughs> We don't need that anymore. And she just like starts crying. That would be amazing. Uh, because it's kind of the respect that this show shows a lot of characters. <laughs> so <laughs> you're not even surprised when something like that happens. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the totem thing is done, even though the show told us it was done. It would be uh, great, but <laughs> I don't think so. 
Um, and I guess the last thing that we need to talk about really quickly is uh, Nixley and her gift that she receives from a secret admirer mm. at the end. Uh, so what did you think about that, Morgan? <laughs> Can we start with Nixley's diabolical plan to like kidnap William Day? Like, yes, like, let's I'm going to I'm going to hit them where it hurts. Right, <laughs> right in their heart, the heart of the team. This guy. <laughs> I was like, listen, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be impolite. Love William. <laughs> love him. But like, I think I would just be like, I'm sorry. These totems are pretty important, actually. <laughs> like, I kind of barely know that dude. So <laughs> sorry, Will. <laughs> but it was just I thought that was ridiculous. Come on, guys. Come on. I understand that for whatever reason, the writers have remembered that William exists uh, and that he's on the show and that presumably they're paying the actor and they just probably should do something with the character. But it does feel too little too late. Like somehow he's been in two seasons of this show and I still don't. He's basically just a person in the background. He's just kind of there. Uh, the time to make us care about William was legit last season. And yeah. they didn't care about him then. And so... I'm not caring about him now. It's the last season. I only have so much caring left. <laughs> but um, but I did appreciate that, like, William's baking thing, which is the thing I like best about him, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That he comes in, he's like, I, I, when he, when the first scene that he was in was him carrying baked goods, I was like, well, now they're just, they're just doing it straight for me. Thank you. <laughs> and he's like, I brought some Jaffa cakes. And I was like, yes, of course you did. Uh, because the Great British Bake Off is my favorite show. So I love it. <laughs> but like, I thought that they really missed an opportunity when he took Nixley down. He said something like heroic and he, he trips her. I don't think that that was the right track because I think what he should have done is like a baking pun as he did mm. it. Oh, he yeah. would have been like, 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 like a, like a, a badly baked souffle. I'm taking <laughs> you down. And like, then like kicked her over, like, <laughs> like, like a gingerbread house made of shortbread. Your walls cannot stand. And then he just like, <laughs> that would have been over. awesome. <laughs> this could have been the origin story for that Baker uh, superhero moniker. That we talked about last time, yes. I think, where he he becomes the baker and he has a costume with the chef's hat and the and the rolling pin. <laughs> this could have been his like superhero origin story. This could have been the beginning of his path to being the baker, and <laughs> uh, and I feel like it was a real missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, William does come uh, bringing a ch uh, uh, chocolate roulade, a Jaffa cakes, and hobnobs, which I had to look up because I did not know what hobnobs were. But uh, it looked like they were all kind of uh, roulade I've, ha I've had before. Um, uh, but the other ones were kind of cookies. So uh, Esme uh, probably was hopped up on sugar after that. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm just I'm just really I'm ready for William's like great British bake off episode where like maybe maybe he gets trapped in his nightmare. And it's that he's like making a Swiss Swiss roll and it cracks. And he's like, no. And then his <laughs> girlfriend, who is totally real and lives just lives in Canada. You can't see her. <laughs> and she comes over and she was like, I thought we had something special. And she like breaks up with him dramatically because he's not a good enough baker we like really get into like the pathos of william because i think that's what the season needs 
really is more William, uh, but specifically more William baking. I just like that. <laughs> I like that they've committed to this bit and I hope that they never stop doing it because it's it, one of the few things that gives me joy in these episodes. And it's one of the few things that's pretty consistent. It's pretty consistent. You know what? When you can you when you can only say like the only logical consistency is that like William is going to bring up baking at some point. And like that's the only thing. It feels like the only thing I can rely on in the show anymore. <laughs> it's not saying much, but uh the the Lexo suit thing was cool. I like Nixley in the Lexo suit thing. I, my issue with it is unfortunately like a thing I read online, so I don't want to like bring that into the Yeah, we, we we maybe shouldn't bring it up until it happens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just in case the but, the, bliss, <laughs> the blissfully ignorant are are still blissfully ignorant. But it's obviously from Lex, right? Because it's a Lexo suit, and because it came with the watch, and watches are kind of Lex's thing, uh, which means that Lex is coming back into the story, and and okay. All right. All right. (laughs) Listen, the problem with Lex, I think, my problem with Lex is that, like, I'm very split because I think that John Cryer is an excellent Lex Luthor. Like, fantastic. Ducky Lex Luthor, one of the tops, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's fantastic. I, unfortunately, when he tends to show up on the show, he kind of sucks the air out of the rest of the episodes that he's in. Like, uh, he chomps the scenery in such a delightful way that there's no scenery left for anyone else to chomp <laughs> in any way. There's there's not even a bite, not even a morsel, not even a Jaffa cake left <laughs> for the rest of the cast. And so I'd like and, and that's, you know, it's it's like a writing problem. They're so obsessed with writing Lex Luthor that they just kind of toss everyone to the sidelines. And so, again, I'm conflicted because I love. John Cryer's Lex Luthor. I think he's great. I think he's really d- dynamic on screen. I always want to watch him. At the same time, I really want to watch Supergirl, though. And whenever he shows up, it becomes the Lex Luthor show. And so when she got that watch, I kind of went, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, I was enjoying the Nixley of it all. Me and, too. <laughs> and, and the fact that Lex is coming in, it's like it almost makes me think that the writers think that Lex- Nixley's not enough. As a villain, which I think she's plenty enough. I've, I've, for the most part, loved Nixley as a villain, and I think she would be a great way for the show to go out. Uh, yeah, but, but I guess they, they don't think she's enough as a, as a villain, so they bring Lex in. And like, I have nothing against. It is the final season. It is the last run of episodes. I guess I have nothing in theory against them um, bringing Lex back for an episode or two. But like, just save it for the finale or something. Save it for like one or two episodes. I just have a feeling he's going to be in like all the rest of them. Um, maybe, maybe not next week, but definitely, definitely going to start driving the plot. And it's just he's already driven the plot of like two other seasons. Yeah, and that's yeah, just that's let too much have her yeah. moment and like alone <laughs> as yeah. a villain yeah it's to me that's very disappointing i i wouldn't have minded like lex luther making an appearance in like the f- finale episode or something that would have been fine to bring some some of those old characters back i, I think yeah, that would have yeah. been great to have him cameo but it seems like he'll be because i think we all kind of assume that the secret admirer is lex luther uh there was a transmat portal with a watch that we know lex has had uh, and the fact that there's a Lexo suit that gets attached to Nixley, it sort of 
signals Lex Luthor. So uh, he's back. (laughs) So I guess we have that to look forward to uh, after uh, having hope taken away this week and destroyed. (laughs) I guess that makes sense. Back, (laughs) destroy all hope and bring Lex Luthor that no one who no one asked for. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess that only makes sense. Um, And we did uh, just to put it out there. uh, Nixley and Supergirl Kara are not tethered anymore. So there's that, uh, which was kind of like the most Voldemort. That was kind of one of the most interesting parts of this part of the season for me. And they zapped that away, too. (laughs) And they barely explored it. And then they got rid of it immediately. Like what? But one this is my I think this is really my problem with the writing this season is like, what was the point of it? Yeah. What was the point of that? Why? Why set it up? Why establish it in any way? If it's going to be like a two episode thing, don't even and you're not going to do anything with it and you're not going to explore anything and you're not going to get into anything interesting. Don't even do it. Why? Why wouldn't they even use it as a way to like trap Nixley? Why wouldn't they have Kara fake an emotion or something to make Nixley think that she was doing something and then she wasn't like you could have trapped Nixley using that connection and they never even attempted it. <laughs> I, I hear Bunsen talking. <laughs> I, I, I hear him too. He's got a lot to listen. He's, 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 he's coming so hot about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Bunsen. He's uh, no more to say though. He's no, no, <laughs> I, I kind of waited to see if he would say something else. <laughs> just dead air all right so i guess we should hit overall thoughts because i know we've gotten kind of long the uh mr bones talk uh, made us go a little (laughs) long so because we were so excited about that um so overall thoughts morgan what'd you think about this episode i didn't like this one honestly Mm. i didn't i didn't like this one the uh the kelly alex and esme stuff i thought was cute i thought it was really really good and well done i was interested in it i wanted to know more about that i thought it was like well explored and i like that they're getting into the storyline that they set up ages ago and then forgot about and now they're back um yeah i thought that stuff was really good the main stuff i did i did not i didn't i didn't i didn't like it I didn't like, I had too many questions. I had too many like concerns. It made my head hurt with the logical inconsistencies of it. It Made me think too deeply about like these storylines and like whether or not they made sense. It's just always a dangerous place to be uh, on Supergirl, especially. (laughs) It's like, Oh wait, if this does this, then why does that do that? You don't, you don't want to be there on this show. <laughs> really? You want to just like throw as much like a, a confident, a supportive space dad, like ready to talk about and, his feelings. And, and just giant cats. Giant cats. Throw like, more of those <laughs> witches, witch Lena sniffing a branch <laughs> in a bad wig. Listen, I'm not going to question any of those decisions. I'm just going to go <laughs> along. I'm just along for the ride. I'm buckling my seatbelt and I'm ready to go. But when you give me an episode that's really really medium to kind of view and veer in towards bad. And then you like poke holes in like the internal consistencies of your story. And I have to, I have to start thinking about them. I have to start being like, I don't know that that makes sense. Don't do that to me. I just want to watch Supergirl a uh, laser vision with a cat. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> want all this. I don't want all the rest of this. It's, it's not great. <laughs> My overall thoughts are all the Esme scenes were great. And that's it. Okay. So <laughs> let's get to what our listeners had to think uh, about this episode. Hope for tomorrow. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. <laughs> our, <laughs> our first tweet comes from, uh, 
Kaya uh, at Kaya underscore Matsui, who said, I'm in love with Esme. This episode was okay. The most shocking thing, though, was finding out that Alex's apartment has a second bedroom. Nixley should have kept William as her baker. She would be doing us a favor. Is Lena's hair getting bigger and bigger as an effect of her powers? <laughs> I love that idea. Like, the more power she has, like, the more her hair, like, just absorbs them. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to keep a, an eye out on that. What if, like, by the end of the show, like, she's got, like, teased 80s hair. It's Ooh, just big. Yeah. It's, like, up in the air. Like ba- She's got bangs suddenly for no reason, but they're, like, kind of sticking out and then, yes. like, holding over. Yes. Like, I think she could pull it off. I think I, think I want to so see, see totally 80s Lena. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Dr. O... Is it Oso Phil Lady Psy? Yeah, that's Dr. Nicole Green, but it's kind of oh. a hard one <laughs> for us go. for us uh, non-science people to pronounce. <laughs> so, so hard for me to say most things. So um, <laughs> She said, I read, write, highly technical, convoluted, biological storylines every day, and I cannot say with any certitude how the totems work. <laughs> <laughs> I propose a day in the life of Esme for the rest of the episodes where we view small snippets of plot through the cuteness of Esme. I think I that went into that. I think that would make it go down a little easier. I'll be, honest. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> be very generous with Esme going forward, I think. <laughs> um, at K Kyle one said, pretty good episode. Everything about Esme is adorable. Why has Brainy been green the last few episodes? Did I miss his image inducer being destroyed? Um, the forbidden to interfere thing has never made sense, even going back to the Superman movie. No matter what anyone does, aren't they interfering in history? Yep. Superman destroyed nukes in the fourth movie. That whole thing is silly. I guess it's just a way to not let soups, uh, super folk deneutralize the world or denuclearize. Yeah, I cannot. That's speak. a hard one. Denuclearize. Nuclearize. Oh my god. Oh well, <laughs> that didn't work, and it looks like Lex is back. Um, at Jen underscore uh, McF three said, I thought nothing would be cuter than Alex as a mom, but then we got. And then we got Aunt Cara and Grandpa Jean. Uh, Alex and Jean must be uh, must have learned how to paint from Cara. Cara went to work. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that yet, but she was a oh cat go this week. God, she tried to do something. Uh, apparently, William only gives what he bakes to children. Please, no more Lex. Uh, <laughs> at CM uh, Gutierrez seventy four said, loved it. Danvers and Super Friends family scenes, Super Core scenes. Battle for the Totems, Catco drama. Even William helped save the day, spelled D-E-Y, so clever pun, (laughs) (laughs) at the end when he interrupted the battle between the gods. Bravo. And now effing Lex is coming back. Only only one question remains. Where is Magan? We know Uh, where she's at and where she is. She's in that painting. She's in that painting. (laughs) Guys, why won't you see me? (laughs) right here uh, <laughs> at SL Fricky said hope hearing obviously perturbs Esme <laughs> <laughs> I like that this is still continued I, I hope 
it never dies. Uh, do you think the foster system would have let Kelly and Alex have Esme if they knew about their risky side jobs as superhero crime so, fighters? So I want to stop right here and say <laughs> that I'm, I'm trying to get my friend Christy, who is a uh, counselor uh, in, in, in the real world. Uh, she is a, uh, uh, in her day job, she does counseling things, has done it for a long time. And she has sent me messages saying that she does not think that it's ethical for Kelly to be adopting little Esme because she Ooh. works on this case. So I'm trying to get more clarification on those things. So I don't think the superhero thing comes into play. I think it's more of a uh, the ethical dilemma with her job would be yeah, more the, so the social worker on her case, right? Yes, yes. Um, so continue. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I want to know more about that. I hope she, <laughs> I hope she writes you back. I didn't even think about that. Um, SL Freaky goes on to say, should have been Kaznia and Markovia at odds as they're actually on the same continent, at least. Um, at Laura Redenbar says, uh, Esme scenes were adorable. Supering was good. Pep talk scenes were top shelf. <laughs> I suppose the choice to destroy a totem and for Nixley to have a way to retrieve it, uh, means the super friends have a false sense of security for a while. Oh, and because I know it will come up my theory, Jean phased through the rubble of the DEO and removed some items of value, including the truth seeker. Whenever you wonder where they got something that Brainy or Lena didn't make, Jean dumpster dive, the DEO site, is the explanation. Yeah, where did they get that truth seeker? I That's think a good that, question. honestly, I, my headcanon is that somebody already took, like, took him way before the DEO went down because they were like, who's like you? Like, Jean was like, I don't know where the truth seeker came from. And he was like, shh, be quiet. Julius, <laughs> they're on to us. <laughs> uh, at Kenny Crowley said, some good, some bad. The Alex, Kelly, and Esme scenes were good and adorable. Car, uh, Supergirl slash Kara scenes are always great. Also good to see Brainy get some screen time. The rest of the episode was a mixed bag for me. I give this episode a 2.5 out of 5. A generous score. At <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anthony Nia said, this felt incredibly rushed. The war between Kaznia and Corto Maltese came out of nowhere. The I can't interfere in human history line. Did I miss an episode where Marlon Brando made a cameo? Uh, did anyone else think we'd finally discovered Megan's whereabouts on Esme's wall? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've established that's where she's been. Uh, uh, at lollygagging eight said, so brainy, a 12th level intellect can't track Mitch and Nixley's ship. Does that mean Lex is a 13 level, 13th level intellect and Lena a 14th level since she is better than Lex? Yeah. How did Lex find the ship? I mean, good question. Good <sighs> questions all. And uh, this is kind of my issue with Lex is that like every time Lex gets on the scene, Brainy just gets stupider by comparison. Uh, like all of last season was really tough. I think for, for every time they were like, Brainy is the smartest man alive. I'm like, yeah, but that, Chucklehead over there is totally, <laughs> is totally like manipulated him. How smart can he be? <laughs> that that guy gets mad at his sister for riding horses. I mean, I don't, <laughs> not trying to, you know, not trying to be a. Uh, be contrary but sorry brainy uh so so jose rios 1994 said my least favorite of the good episodes writing all over the place everything could have been solved in five minutes for the first time i really liked the alex kelly storyline esme really hides their lack of chemistry 
brutal. Uh, got meta at the end with the doing the same uh, every timeline. Yeah, I did think that that was funny that they were like, we're just doing the same thing over and over here. I'm like, yeah, it's not great storytelling, is it? <laughs> yeah like I looked straight at the screen I was like yeah no it's not been too fun for us either <laughs> oh my gosh um, at Willie Belcher 6 said for 7 straight episodes no Danvers sister scene is that I don't true know if- I don't mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have to go back and look at that uh, let, us know, mm. let us know in the chat if you've seen a Danvers sisters episode in the last 7 episodes uh, seen in less of an episode. Yeah, I, I feel like Donna would know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know people in the chat know when the last Danvers sister scene uh, that we've seen on the show is. Um, and they go on to say, I don't know about you, but this is the worst season they've put on. I mean, uh, mm, I mean, guys, we'll, we'll talk about that after the season <laughs> and the show wrap up. We'll have that discussion. Um, at Mark H. BPWM says, I'm not sure if Kara's overall demeanor is because of the hope totem, leftover feelings from the Phantom Zone, or what, but whoever decided she should be morose for her final episodes was way off the mark. Yeah, not yes, feeling I it. agree. It's this is supposed to be like her, you know, her final victory lap, and she's like very like womp womp. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really feeling it. All right, so we have an email from I think it's Usi. Uh, U-C-I-E, I hope I pronounced that correctly, who wrote, quote, uh, Esme has been put through so much, and I am so happy she now has a family who is going to give her the love and care she deserves. Seeing her meet her Aunt Cara and Grandpa Jean made me almost cry. Also, did you notice they painted McCon on the wall but didn't mention that she went missing while still on patrol all those episodes ago? <laughs> is it a memorial painting? <gasps> What if McGon died off screen and they're just like putting putting her memory? What if she's what if she's just, she just off screen she just died and this is a memorial to her? Is it a memorial? <laughs> the saddest part is like, would I be that surprised? <laughs> I'm sorry, McGon. <laughs> Uh yeah, so let's hope she's not dead, but that's a that's an interesting theory. Uh Usi goes on to say, quote, I've also decided that since they made a big thing about Lena losing everything when she left L Corp, she lost her apartment and had to move in with Kara because it's now three weeks in a row where she doesn't go home. She hangs out with Kara at the tower or Kara's apartment. And that is why she can put her shoes on the sofa now because it's her bed. And remember, <laughs> if in doubt, just throw it into the sun. Unquote. That's actually not a bad theory because I mean Lena did have that swanky apartment at one time and she probably can't afford that anymore uh so it would make sense that she's (laughs) having to maybe find another place to live yeah i mean i feel like there's been no uh fallout from whatever is like the fact that i uh, a huge lena luther fan just obsessed with her outfits and her witchy vibes and really all of it (laughs) i couldn't tell you whether or not she's poor or not i think (laughs) speaks to bad writing like if you're gonna have your your character who's like been rich the entire show suddenly lose all of her money that feels like it should be like a bigger plot point yeah uh, and should have bigger like like repercussions for the character and the character development and like she lost her company that she's was like her main thing when she first started the show and she doesn't seem to have any feelings whatsoever about it, honestly. She's really on to the next thing, which is being a witch and that that mon- monetized YouTube channel. Yeah, because wouldn't that make her very humble? Like, it would be very humbling for this very rich person to not yeah. have all the riches anymore. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, people in the chat are saying, uh, Nicole says, so when Lena said she would bet all her money on car to get the Hope Totem, it was like $10. <laughs> so El Rainbow 3 says something similar. She said she bet her money on Cara, though. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it was a dig. <laughs> <laughs> I bet all my money on you, Cara. <laughs> Petty Lena's still under there somewhere. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Ermgard sent us an email writing, what a great episode this week. I could have watched a whole episode of just the Super Friends family welcoming Esme into their family. No special effects would have been needed. Aunt Cara, Grandpa Jean, Aunts Nia and Lena, Uncle Rainy and William, the scenes between uh, Kyler, Ozzy and um, Mila. I think. I think I think it's Mila. Yeah, Mila. We're golden. Cara telling Esme to listen to Alex's heart was a beautiful moment, showing Esme how much Alex truly means to Cara. I don't think the hope totem is truly gone. Otherwise, why would the secret admirer, Lex Luthor, send her the Lexo suit? Loved William getting to do more. Wish they would have written more stuff for him to begin with. Would have loved for Cara to have brought Grandma Eliza, too. Can't believe we only have five episodes left. And then, like, a bunch of crying emojis. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't we can't call eliza that's that's not something we can do uh, no she's no just she's at least she's, they remember she exists though they talked about her a, a bunch i'd like to think that eliza's hanging out with uh zorel and allura on argo she's just taking a vacation that's that's where i would like to think she <laughs> all, is all of car's family is is on argo and she's visiting none of them <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Emma wrote in with some thoughts saying, quote, what if the reason Kara came up with that weird, morally questionable decision? Uh, I think this is referring to last week uh, mm -hmm. to to suck the humanity out of people. I, I have to clarify the morally questionable decision uh, because that's becoming more of a habit these days. Uh, and that's me inserting myself into Emma's email here. <laughs> so Emma says, what if the reason Kara came up with that weird, morally questionable decision to suck the humanity out of people is because of her connection to Nixley? Uh, I know Nixley was full of empathy at the time, but that sort of low-key evil plan seems much more in keeping with Nixley's character than Kara's. Granted, this do this doesn't at all explain why Lena randomly decided to go with it, but I prefer to think that maybe Kara was experience, uh, experiencing a more subtle manifestation of her psychic link with Nixley. Regarding, uh, uh, Morgan, did you want to say something about that? Oh, I was going to say, that would have been a truly fascinating um, storyline where if, like, suddenly Kara's decisions start veering off a little bit and getting morally questionable and you realize, like, that, that Nixley is starting to seep into Kara and that, like, Nixley's decisions are getting, like, a little bit more, like, empathetic. Not, like, the crazy humanity crying about the snow, snow leopards. <laughs> but, like, just a little bit more. And you realize that they're, like, kind of, like, seeping into each other and like affecting each other's decisions like how interesting would that have been i i would have enjoyed that a lot actually that would explain a lot of the things that uh cara did and it would make it so that uh getting rid of the tethering would have been much more important for cara to be herself again uh, yeah I, I think that would have been really interesting that is a great thought emma well emma also has some uh thoughts about hope for tomorrow saying quote i think esme wins the award for figuring out figuring out cara's identity the fastest that scene mm -hmm. had me laughing out loud and it made sense given emma given esme's power set so i guess this was the annual car remember she's a reporter episode it was nice seeing her at catco again but my god they have ruined andrea's character she's been reduced to the stereotypical self-centered bad boss that cat grant initially came off as but with none of the hidden depths or redeeming qualities 
props to the Catco employee. I think she's referring to uh, Don was his name, who tried to defend comment. I mean, mm-hmm. William, with a stapler. Am I the <laughs> only one who thinks Lena's spell should be in Old Irish or some other Celtic language other than rather than Latin? I know Latin slash Latin adjacent is the stock language of magic on TV and in books, but Lena and her mom are Irish Irish witches. Plus, I still (laughs) stand by my headcanon that she's descended from Morgana and her magic language was Old English, actual Old English, not Hollywood ye Old English. Uh, Emma (laughs) goes on to say, quote, Watching Alex and Kelly struggle to be moms felt very real to me as did Esme's fears of abandonment. I'm adopted. And while my parents got me as a baby rather than a young child with a traumatic backstory, I'm also a different race than they are. It's obviously not the same as being a literal alien, but that disconnect between cultures and wanting to retain connections to a heritage that doesn't feel fully your own is still there. And uh, Emma says, I might be treading more into Superman territory with that, but it seems like Esme is just coming into her powers, which indicates to me that this is a part of herself her birth parents never got to teach her about. So she's learning about it the same as Alex and Kelly. Emma also goes on to say, quote, I feel like Cars' decision to just throw uh, stuff into the sun to destroy it isn't the best system. <laughs> and shouldn't uh, shouldn't there be repercussions for her basically stealing and destroying two countries' nuclear arsenals? I groaned so loudly when Lex's por- portal watch slash suit appeared. Cryer's performance is great, but I'm so exhausted by Lex at this point. Looks like Supergirl is taking over the airwaves next week uh, to deliver a speech classic. Unquote. <laughs> um, and I did want to mention something about Kara. The one line that I thought that was actually really good in this episode, uh, talking about reporter Kara, she says, if we only report on the negative stuff, people will start to see and believe that the world is worse than it actually is. And that was the one line in this episode where I was like, Man, that's a good line because it's so true. If you just constantly report on all the negative things that are happening, it makes it seem like everything is negative. And it's not. The actual world is pretty good, um, in my opinion, anyway. So if I, I thought that was the most insightful thing Kara <laughs> said in the whole season of the show. Um, so I really, I thought that was a great line. I like that as well because it, it kind of uh, speaks to, I, I think that there's, at least during some points, like this idea that like oh crime is going up crime is going up but if you look at the statistics crime has actually been on like a downward trajectory for like decades uh but because you know you turn on your local news and it's like five crime stories in a row you think oh my god it's bad out there but it's it's you know it's um it's taking little bits and pieces you're not seeing the whole you're just seeing the parts and i thought that that was a good point that car made it's like you know we need to highlight the positive things that are happening so i did like that line from her as well yeah and she does mention there like yeah bad things are happening but there's a whole lot of good stuff happening too and so i was like yeah yeah Kara, yeah i'm I'm, (laughs) I'm with you on that one um but it was kind of funny to have Kara say that because i just feel like the last three seasons the show has just been like uh, isn't isn't America specifically the worst? Isn't everything the worst? Everything is terrible all the time. Even this season is like, uh, everything's the worst. Everyone's racist. Everyone's terrible. And then in this episode, Cara's like, actually, it's not that bad. Like, things are okay. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't feel like what the show has been telling me for the last three seasons. I feel like everything is terrible, according to the show. But I actually agree with you this time, Cara. So I I was glad that somebody pointed that out. I really appreciated that. 
So Daryl sent us an email writing, I can understand Alex freaking out. She's been wanting a child for the past four years after breaking up with Maggie, and she finally has it after alternating between barely mentioning it and making it the point of her character for so long. If Esme hadn't figured out Kara was Supergirl, would they have ever told her? Probably not, if we're being honest. Uh, I couldn't believe it when they said this episode took place three days after the last one. Adoption in National City goes fast. Uh, Even if it's not official yet, it might as well be since they will probably treat it like other stories we would like to see on the show and just jump right over it happening. Like when Alex told Kelly the truth about Kara. (laughs) Uh, When I was listening to Alex telling Kelly about Eliza, it made me think of something. Has Eliza met Kelly? That's Alex a good question. <laughs> I don't think. Oh no, I don't so. think so either. I don't think so either. That seems like oh, that's rough. <laughs> She's uh, Kelly is now uh, potentially becoming the mother to Eliza's grandchild, and Eliza has hasn't ever met. Uh, well, not she, on screen. Not on she, screen. She she met uh, Maggie, so it's not she like did. the show hasn't had a precedent for that. I don't think that's happened. <laughs> Uh, it's a, uh, Alex is going through all these major changes. And when was the last time she even called her mother? Uh, Esme called Lena pretty. And that right there makes Esme the MVP of the episode. (laughs) I love when Lena, uh, I love what Lena brings to the team. Always inspiring Kara to be Kara and not just Supergirl. Just another reason that Lena should have been told the truth sooner. Uh, Nixley trapping Jean and Kara at the Hague in the beginning definitely gave me sigh vibes from season three. Um, I didn't pay enough attention to the name of the place that Supergirl saved from the missile, but if that was Kaznia, how great would it have been to have Mikhail be the one who said thank you to Supergirl? Do you remember him? They don't remember that. Don't worry about that. That would have been great, and it would have wrapped up a little story thread, but we can't have that. So <laughs> that was pre crisis. Can't, can't do That's that. That's pre crisis. Who knows if he even exists anymore? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't to the writers. Uh, does that line that car uh, about Kara having a soft spot for Kaznia indicate that Kara has Red Daughter's memories since Red Daughter spent far more time in Kaznia than Kara did? We have received no indication that Kara has any new memories from her time when she was split in two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think know. that was definitely a reference to the Red Daughter storyline, but. I don't know if it has anything to do about Carr having her memories. No idea either. I, I I think that would be cool. I just, I don't think we can uh, technically come away with that. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know either. When William was talking to Nixley about how important reporting was, it made me think they got a reporter on the writing staff who finally told them just how important it should have been all along. Uh, <laughs> with one of the totems being destroyed, it makes the entire plot useless and feels like they were just killing time until Lex showed back up. Yeah. Yeah. They could have they could have <laughs> just gotten rid of one of the totems right off the bat. They, they could also have uh Nixley say her name backwards, uh the very first thing, <laughs> and they haven't done that either. So That's there true. is that. Okay, so they I haven't even tried. <laughs> they haven't even tried it. I'm gonna be so ticked if in the last episode they do that and that's how they get rid of her. I'm gonna be so mad. That'd be uh, hilarious. Uh <laughs> I, I will I will be so upset. I might laugh about it. Um, Courtney writes in to say, quote, I'll make this quick destroy. I'll make this quick. Destroying the hope totem seems to be the worst decision ever. I mean, hope was what was left in Pandora's box that kept Earth from being totally horrible in the myth. One thing to be grateful for, uh, Lex still being around is him saving it from the sun. I don't totally know what that means. Morgan, do you understand what that means? 
Um, sorry, where were we? Um, uh, Courtney's email, uh, hope was what was left in Pandora's box, kept her from being totally horrible in the myth. Uh, I, I, Courtney, you might have to write in and clarify what you mean about, uh, Lex still being around and sa him saving it from the sun. Do we Is think that the, the Lexo suit has somehow saved <laughs> the, the hope totem from the sun? I, I think that thing is in the sun. I think it's crispy now. I mean, I think it's gone though. How do, how do you like, how do you get the hope totem out of even with the Lexo suit? How do you get that out of the sun? I don't think that the Lexo suit can take you like directly into the sun. I could be wrong. But didn't Supergirl wear the Lexo suit near the sun when she was like when she had the uh the baby sun eater? Yeah, I think so. Was that I don't hmm. remember. I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. But I still, I think once she threw the hope totem into this, I think that's it. I don't I think, think that's, I, I think, don't think it lights can, out for that hope totem. <laughs> no, I, don't think, I don't think you can come back from the hope totem. Uh, Courtney also says, quote, I was hoping the hope gauntlet would have had more to do with Kara helping Esme. Yes, thank you, Courtney. Yes. <laughs> but I guess they have had, they had to have Ke Kelly and Alex solve that problem on their own and to give them something to do. However, you'd think Kara or Alex would have been able to draw more on their past where Carr probably had the same issue of being young and totally unaccustomed to her powers. Eh, say la vie, I guess, unquote. Yeah. So uh, Courtney's she, actually left a oh, comment in, yes, in, in the chat. Good. And she, she says, that was a mistake. I totally thought that was what he sent Nixley, but it turned into the suit. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. All right. Thank you for clarifying for us. And I'm glad to see you in the chat, Courtney. Thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, I guess maybe uh, this is maybe the time where we need to make some snap, snap judgments. judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. I just scrolled, I just scrolled down, just did a casual scroll of the snap judgments. And I have to say, people are getting wordy with these snap judgments. <laughs> it's, not just, it's not just Anna anymore. <laughs> I think we have the, like the great American novel in these snap judgments. So, you know, strap in. Anna, Anna set the standard for what Anna, a snap judgment could be. Anna has really evolved the art form is I think what's happening. <laughs> Anna is the Banksy of our snap judgments. <laughs> uh, so we have a snap judgment from uh, from Donna. We I think we apologies. We missed this during last week's live stream. We did. Uh, which do you prefer? Punching Esme's foster parents lights out or helping William give Lena a baking lesson? I think I would rather. Uh, I, I think I would rather see William give Lena a baking lesson. I I would probably learn from it as well, and I think William could really, you know, share her, his expertise with her. She would love it because it would be all about like you know pouring things into like uh, measuring cups, and she'd have to like it kind of kind of has maybe a little science and math yeah, in there. Is yeah, very scientific. It's yeah, like, stuff, like she... you know, stuff interacts with other things, and like we could hear uh, William tell her about you know maybe it's bread week, and they're deciding <laughs> how much how much gluten should be in the bread, and like <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Bake Off. It's really been getting me through, and so <laughs> I I really need the uh like the Supergirl Great British 
Bake Off and they're all contestants. And like, I think William's going to win because I think he's got the most uh, experience, but maybe a dark horse, his uh, Canadian girlfriend shows up. She's <laughs> maybe, really great. Maybe, maybe she's the judge. Maybe they, <gasps> William and Lena have a Bake Off to see who's, <laughs> who's better and uh, Mary, the off-screen girlfriend, shows up for one episode to be the judge of the Bake Off. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, um, from at CM Gutierrez 74, uh, castle, theme park, or train? Castle. I don't even have to think mm. about it. I've always wanted to live in a castle. So that's what I would pick. I'm going to go theme park because, like, I think mm. the secret wish in my heart is just to live in Disney World, like in <laughs> Disney World. And you get the castle that way. Uh, so it's yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I'm going with theme park. Yeah, I'm, smart choice. Sorry, Car and Lena. Train is completely the incorrect answer there. <laughs> <laughs> they were very confident about it, but it's not right. Uh, <laughs> we have a couple snap judgments from at Kaya underscore Matsui. So if it was up to you, what totem would you destroy? Hope, humanity, or courage? Well, this is tough because of the rules change for all of them. Um, I guess I wouldn't want to get rid of hope. And I think it's really important that we have humanity. So if I had to pick from the three of those, I'd probably get rid of courage. I think we've got too much courage is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs all that courage? Calm down, uh, you Gryffindors. Yeah. <laughs> Hang out here with us Hufflepuffs. We're hopeful. We're we've got a lot of humanity. We want to be your friends. Just you don't have to investigate every little bump in the night. Calm down. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm getting rid of courage. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite Lena style? CEO Lena or witch Lena? I really like CEO Lena. I feel like I'm betraying the sort of gypsies, tramps, and thieves uh, evolution of, <laughs> of Lena. <laughs> but I'm also going to say CEO Lena. I think that uh, I think that that she had some great outfits. She had like the little <laughs> vests and the blazers and like the power suits. Uh, she was very powerful, and she also wore a lot of like ball gowns into her like her shareholder meetings, which I felt was also <laughs> a power move. Uh, so I, I I have to go CEO Lena. That's that's where my heart lies. Just okay. just as a side note, since you mentioned gypsies, tramps, and thieves, did I ever tell you that um, not only did I go see Cher in concert one time, but my <gasps> friends and I in college we dressed up as different versions of Cher for Halloween, and it was yes. like one of my favorite things. <laughs> What I, version of Cher were you? I was the Sonny and Cher, Cher. So I had the long oh, that's the best. hair with like the 70s stuff. And I would like flip my hair all the time. Uh, <laughs> it was like a big wig. And I had a hard time managing the wig. It was very, it was very wiggy. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but Cher is the best. So just thought I would share that. We all love Cher here. Who doesn't <laughs> love Cher? Cher is the best. Um, okay, what was the most shocking moment of the episode? Finding out that Alex has a second bedroom in her apartment or Kara going to work? I mean, I kind of figured that Kara would have to go back to work at some point. The 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 apartment getting bigger, that was kind of surprising. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I thought they would put Esme, but the, the new expansion to the, the apartment set was uh, pretty surprising. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cara does dip in and out of the office. He sort of as the mood strikes her. <laughs> um, but but uh, Alex's apartment going like full TARDIS where it's like suddenly bigger <laughs> on the inside. That I did not see coming. I was like, oh, wait, what? I thought it was a one bedroom. 
<laughs> oh, uh, Electra WWF in the chat is saying it wasn't Alex's apartment. She and Kelly bought a new one. They did? When? Did this, did this happen in an episode, you guys? Is this an off-screen development that we don't know about? <laughs> um, but I guess it would be. make sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. That makes right. sense. All okay. Right. They had to upgrade because they were starting a family. Them. So they had to get a bigger apartment. That makes yes, sense. Yes. They wanted a little bit more room. They got that apartment in three days. <laughs> uh yeah, who knows what the deal is with this new place. Now I need more details. Obviously, National City Real Estate, always a relevant topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from Emma, uh, the first snap judgment is, who is the superior Lillian Luther? Pre-crisis Lillian, who tried to murder and deport all the aliens in National City and showed her love for her children through murder, mm-hmm. or post-crisis pastel lillian who was, <laughs> who was i forgot super- about pastel lillian <laughs> everything is millennial pink <laughs> uh, uh who was super chill about becoming evil after one chat with her m- megalomaniac son about how she was evil in another universe I favorite do, Lillian. <laughs> I, I do like pastel pink lillian but i think pre-crisis lillian was my favorite as great as it was that she uh like light switched to evil that fast and she was like oh cool i'm evil somewhere else i've been thinking about doing that here too cool uh i you gotta go pre-crisis lillian she was the best she was terrible uh not a great mom but always entertaining to watch (laughs) okay so the next snap judgment Okay, is not the long one. Uh, the next snap judgment is, which episode would you rather see? An episode centered around Lillian Luther, Cat Grant, and Queen Rhea filled with melodrama, quips, snark, and gal pal frenemy energy. That or, sounds great. That sounds, I mean, I, it's going to have to be pretty good. <laughs> or a two-parter day in the lifestyle episode about Brian the alien and Pam from HR. Oh, I was wondering how you would top that first option. But Brian the alien and Pam from HR that that gives good. it that gives a new direction. Uh, it's pretty good. The, it's a new formula that they could go with it the. Uh, you could go anywhere with that. As much as I think the show deserves the Brian the alien and Pam from HR uh, episode, <laughs> I would really love Lillian Luther, Cat Grant, and Queen Araya. Uh, melodra- uh, melodrama clip, snark, gal pal, friend me energy. I'm into that. I think we could we could do more with that. Yeah, no, I think I think we got to go with the uh, the evil villainesses. They're yeah. all they're all hanging out. They're all drinking wine. They're all complaining about their kids. Oh, <laughs> my kids, the worst. He's you know always trying to take over the world. Well, my kids, Monel, beat that. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> poor Monel. Uh, no, I think that would be really fun. I think that would be a great episode. Yeah, cat. Cat. I think would just criticize the rest of them just all the time about oh. all of their terrible choices. That would be great. Cat like, would be like really pastel again, Lillian. <laughs> we've talked about this. <laughs> it would be amazing. Okay, so this next one, and, and and I'm not exaggerating, takes up like two Google document pages. So let's. <laughs> Let's really strap in. Let's try to remember. We're going to have to really break this one down. Let's try to remember the details of it because it's going to be hard because it's real long. Okay, (laughs) Emma, what are you doing? All right. Which spinoff show would you rather watch 
and podcast about. That's very important, I think. Okay. Watch and podcast about. A spinoff starring Alex and Kelly that runs for only one extra long season and follows their adventures as Sentinel and Guardian and the mothers of Esme. Over the course of the season, you watch Esme grow as a character and come to love uh, love her with all your heart. And she eventually founds the News Gal Legion so oh. she can fight crime with her mom. I like the, where this is going. All right. The, I'm, I'm liking this. Meanwhile, James gets bitten by a radioactive turtle <laughs> <laughs> and becomes Turtle Boy. But you never actually see him on screen, only oh, no. ever getting hints of his adventures through phone calls and scrolling news headlines. <laughs> the series ends with Esme being brutally slain oh, no. by one of the villains she helped bring down earlier in the season, with Alex and Kelly arriving too late to save her. The final scene is of Alex and Kelly in their living room. Kelly is sobbing and clutching a picture of Esme to her chest, while Alex mumbles over and over again how this is her fault. The final shot is of Alex Red, Alex's red-rimmed eyes staring vacantly into space, her expression utterly broken. I'm definitely or, not picking the first one. <laughs> or a spinoff starring Kara and Lena that runs for 12 seasons. Oh my gosh. Here we go. <laughs> and, fo- and follows their adventures as Supergirl and Witch Lena. Okay. Over the course of the series, Lena's witchy outfits become more and more intense. And she eventually starts riding a broomstick everywhere and cackling when amused. She and Kara are often seen flying together. Is when Kara my- on the broomstick? I guess so. Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. She can fly herself. <laughs> <laughs> when not in her witch robes and pointy hat, she only ever wears off-the-shoulder ball gowns that show off her clavicles because she has fully come into her power. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Kara, meanwhile, finally starts showing up to work and doing her job, okay. reuniting with Cat Grant, who repurchases Cat Go, and Snapper Car, who snaps at least twice an episode. Ooh, snap, snap, I'm, like I'm really liking this option. All right. This one's good this is good all right lillian also <laughs> appears several times a season to cause some mischief verbally spar with lena and commit a few murders for funsies Love it. as the series goes on car and lena realize their feelings for each other fall in love and get married but during the final extra long season it's always extra long uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why the podcasting part of it is really important it's also always extra long. Oh, God. That's a, so many podcasts. Uh, Jean is Are we hunting- talking like 24 long? Because 24, I think, had like 24 episodes per season. That would, to yeah, me, that would be extra. Yeah, probably like a full, I would, th- yeah, like a full season, like at least yeah. 24. Yeah, okay. Chung, chung. <laughs> <laughs> Timers in the corner, too. All right. In the final extra long season, Jean is hunted down and killed by a cabal of white Martians, leading Alex to go on a quest for revenge that ultimately results in losing Kelly. And Esme and Eliza dying. Oh. So, so, wow. Okay, so everyone dies. Uh, overwhelmed by guilt, she disappears from the world, never contacting anyone ever again. Nia tries to find her and becomes trapped in the dream well- realm, causing Brainy to return to the future to search for a solution. Catco is destroyed by an explosion orchestrated by Director Bones, <laughs> killing both Snapper and Cat Grant. Ooh, that's vicious. Oh, no. The series ends with Kara and Lena married and content with each other, but weighed down by grief over their losses. The final scene is them visiting Jean, Cat, and Eliza's graves. Kara lays a bouquet of flowers beside Eliza's headstone, reciting a prayer and Kryptonese as silent tears fall down her cheeks. Lena holds her and promises that they'll find Alex and hunt down Director Bones as the screen slowly fades to black. And those are the snap judgments. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the two options. Just one snap judgment. Those are the two options. Emma, wild. 
<laughs> um, you took us on a ride. Those definitely have good parts and bad parts to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's um, certainly some stuff happening. I, I like the beginning parts of each of these. Yeah, uh, the, the, it, they all start the, start great. And then the end kind of goes awry. I don't love the ends <laughs> of what's happening. The second one does have director Bones in it, though. It does. It does. And it does. Snapper Car and Cat Grant. And Grant's. Snapper Car, yeah. And Eliza. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of them die. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they're, they don't but all they're make it. it. But they're there, and they're there for like 11, 12 seasons. <laughs> so we get a lot of them, actually. <laughs> that actually doesn't. I mean, this, I guess, would be the ultimate ending yeah. of the season. It's kind of Rock's Fall, Everyone Dies, which I respect. <laughs> <laughs> but we get Alex hunting down Director Bones. Yeah. So I yeah. think I'm going to go with the second option. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the second option too. I like Witchy Lena. I like I, I like we get Canon Supercore. I like that uh that we have all of we got Snapper Car snapping. We got uh we got Cat Grant, Director Bone. It's tragic that we lose so many characters. It's tragic that they die. I'm sad about it, but Director Bones does show up. And so And he does not die. So we might get him for die. a second season. I mean, maybe the spinoff is like Director Bones, super villain. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not hating that either. I think I got to, I mean, RIP Cat Grant. I think I'm going option number two as well. Also, we get tw- we get 12 seasons of just ridiculousness as Lena slowly devolves into like the like one of the witches from Hocus Pocus riding a, <laughs> riding a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> this this is just in time for Halloween. I really appreciate it's this. Lena's turning into a witch <laughs> right in spooky season. Such good timing. Such good timing. Okay. So our last set of snap judgments are from Anna. So as always, strap in. We know what's <laughs> happening. We know what's coming. <laughs> I, I didn't expect it from Emma, but I do <laughs> always expect it from Anna. <laughs> All right. Our first snap judgment. What would be a better scene to witness? Kara being held captive by Nixley and Lena setting out to save her. But as she arrives, Nixley stabs Kara with a kryptonite dagger and Kara makes eye contact with Lena as she screams her name and immediately dies from a stab wound. Or a montage scene of Lena being kidnapped for the totems, tortured and fighting back against Nixley in the South Pole next to icy waters. I don't know why it's the South Pole. The montage ends with Lena summoning penguins to aid her in the fight and they almost defeat Nixley before Nixley cracks open the ice beneath Lena's feet and she falls into the icy depths below and drowns right as Karis shows up to save her. So I do have one question. It's it's an important question about my decision. (laughs) What happens to the penguins? (laughs) Do the pe- Anna, do the penguins make it? I think the penguins, they just, you know, they're used to icy waters. I they're just trying to right? swim. Yeah, I think they're fine. Oh, okay. Okay. So then it's number two, I think. Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> it's definitely number two. Lena and penguins. I'm I'm already there. <laughs> I'm loving the March of the Penguins vibe there. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Loving that journey for everyone. <laughs> okay. Snap judgment number two. You awaken one morning in medieval England as a peasant with all your (laughs) memories suddenly returning. You remember you were banished years ago Mm. with your co-host by Nixley. And the only way to return home is to say Supergirl radio within five (laughs) feet of your co-host. So you immediately set out to find them only to discover they are a rich noble who lives in a castle and who does not yet remember who they used to be. What do you do? Sneak into the castle and return the two of you back home and forever separate your co-host from her historical riches. Or 
Spend the rest of your days as a peasant enjoying history in real time and watch your friend co-host live her rich castle life. Now, Morgan, I know that you have uh, an mm-hmm. interest in mm-hmm. like monarchies and some oh, of that yeah. history. So I would Loving not, it. I would not deprive you of you leading your rich noble <laughs> so castle good. life. Rebecca, do you, I think you want to reconsider. Do you know what it was like for peasants back then? It was not great. <laughs> you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to let you have that. I'm going to let both you Both of have. us are already a thousand years old in peasant years. <laughs> They'd be like, my God, this poor, this poor elderly woman is she okay? <laughs> I'm going to let you have that. I'm not going to take that from you. Well, now I feel bad for saying that I'm taking us back. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't think I could be a good peasant. I don't think I have it in me. Like the, as soon as I realize there's no indoor plumbing, I'm getting out of there. I'm getting, I'm getting gone. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a fair choice though. Oh, I appreciate so that. Uh, you're a, a very good friend, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last snap judgment. During a live Supergirl radio live stream, you suddenly remember that your real name we're, is... We're having a lot of realizations. In we are. Time. We are. I like it. Oh, we're back in medieval times. Okay. You, <laughs> you remember somebody just like watched a, a Knight's Tale or something. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that your real name is Madeleine Delarue, and you are actually from medieval France with a spouse and children who love you, and then a temporary portal opens behind you, and you have five minutes to decide whether to return home what do you do? Tearfully say goodbye to your co-host, possibly Mike. <laughs> possibly Mike. I'm just not. I'm just gonna get out of there without even saying bye to Mike. Am I? Am yeah. I also saying goodbye to Mike? Is I that, mean, you might want I mean, to. I'm yeah. to you. you probably have friends and family members you might want to say bye to first. <laughs> um, and the listeners of Supergirl Radio, and walk into the portal and immediately into the arms of your French-speaking family who have been missing you and begging for your return. Or decide to stay in the present time and live the rest of your days missing your children, Isabella, Catalina, Fleur de Lys, Vincent, and your spouse, Pierre, who you had been married to for years and loved your whole life. Okay, I'm a little confused by this one. So... Vincent. <laughs> Vincent. Vincent. Uh, okay, so... So <laughs> your, real, your real story is that you're Madeline... Uh, de la rue de la rue <laughs> and so is the spouse pierre so, the spouse is so, pierre. so basically the premise is we the two choices are you're in supergirl radio live stream present day yes but then you also have this other but life it, it turns out that your real life you're a french noblewoman with many children <laughs> and, a, and a and a husband named pierre do you stay in the present day or do you do you get out of there and you go like cool? I'm gonna go live in my castle with Pierre. Pierre's I keeping I, it tight. <laughs> I think I would need a little confirmation that this was happening. This was a thing. I wouldn't just be like, oh, I guess my memories are telling me this stuff. Like I would need a little proof. I would immediately before... go to therapy. Uh, I think. I mean, I do feel like there's an obligation there. If you have children, let me. You you should. You know, I would probably feel an obligation to be there for the children and. Who knows what Pierre is like? He might be a a good looking, uh, you know, a good looking nobleman, but he also might be like a like a an abusive father and husband. What if he's terrible? So uh, we don't have that information. <laughs> we don't so know. We're just, 
so you could you could he could be a he could be a terrible person. Um, hmm. I don't hmm. know. I think I would probably stay in the Supergirl Radio present day just because <laughs> I don't have enough information to go back to France. Even though I love France, it would give me a chance to practice my my you know francophone my French speaking uh, life because I'm terrible. I don't. All I remember <laughs> in French is "Je vais à la plage," which means I'm going to the beach. That's oh, what nice. I, that's that's all I, that's, one. That's all I can say <laughs> en français. But uh, so it would give me a lot of time to practice. It would. Uh, my you French. Would, you would get really good. I would be. I would be fluent. I think. But and, uh, and you're I, and you're. So you're abandoning your child, Fleur de Lis. <laughs> <laughs> I. But here's the thing. I don't know that that's really my child. <laughs> I need DNA samples. <laughs> Somebody could be it. playing a trick on me. Let's get you on the Maury show and find <laughs> out. <laughs> Sir, the the DNA says <laughs> <laughs> I would need uh, convincing. I think interesting, interesting. So I'm gonna stay here um, because I, like, <laughs> I have a whole life here. Yeah. I just spent kind of a lot of money on a wedding. I don't, <laughs> I don't know this Pierre guy. Does Pierre like all the same shows I like? What if? <laughs> What, what if, if there are no shows? What if Pierre wants to watch The Bachelor instead of <laughs> Top Chef? Like, what am I going to do? I don't want to watch that. Well, <laughs> what if Pierre is really into hiking? Like, what if Pierre is, like, really outdoorsy? And, like, he's like, come on, get on our horses and let's go into the countryside. And I'm like, but I don't want to. I don't know. Um, that sounds actually kind of nice. I mean, it's for, probably great. I don't want to do it all the time. Pierre though. is a... <laughs> And, and also we have five children that's too many children like <laughs> I love, kids are great right kids are great i don't want five of them i don't that's too many i don't i'm sorry fleur de lis but i've got cats here you know i gotta take care of the cats here yeah, you can't responsibilities what am i gonna do about the lab cats what am i gonna do about bunsen no i, I gotta i gotta stay i'm so i'm, I'm sorry little fleur de lis <laughs> Uh, well, I guess neither of us are going. Uh, that was a back. real twist. I didn't see that snap judgment coming at all. I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's been doing like a paper on the tutors or something. And <laughs> I love it. More medieval historical snap judgments, please. All nice. right. Love I, think it. We'll, I think we'll wrap snap judgments up. <laughs> no judgments on your snap judgments. Right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of uh, Super Radio discussing the Supergirl season six episode titled Hope for Tomorrow. And I think we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and DC TV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live. 
and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you're in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you. Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DCTV After Dark, where you're allowed to say Speaking of the DCTV podcast T Public Store and Hope, we have some Hope related designs in the store. Yeah, so we've got a one that has a uh, Hope in Kryptonian, the word Hope in Kryptonian. Ooh. That's one of my favorite T-shirts, and uh, they have a sweatshirt and a hoodie uh, for you know sweater weather time. Ooh. If you're interested in that, and we also have a, a Cara Danvers uh, mug. Uh, I think designed after the Obama Hope poster. But it so says super at the bottom. But it has super there. So uh, so definitely a lot of hope things in the store. If you're uh, looking for a little hope this week after watching Supergirl <laughs> throw it in uh, the into sun. the sun, directly into the sun. <laughs> directly into the sun. <laughs> um, and we'd like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. Uh, these people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, Susan, Abby, Armgard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, and Anna. And if you would like to become a Supergirl Radio Patreon supporter, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. We have four monthly uh, options there to choose from. And we are actually going to be uh, doing a review of the Green Lantern movie starring Ryan Reynolds. Uh, so look forward to that. I'm hoping to win Morgan over to the uh, the Green Lantern side of things <laughs> uh, because I happen to like Green Lantern. So I'm hoping to convince Morgan that uh, he's worthy of her time. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to subscribe to the Patreon to see, to see if I've turned the corner on Green Lantern. <laughs> Uh, and as a reminder, we're still running our flat Supergirl photography contest. So uh, we are running it until the finale of Supergirl. So you've got a couple of weeks left to enter. So if you want to, you can download and print the flat Supergirl image, which you can find in the video description of this live stream in the show notes of the audio podcast or at the right hand side of supergirlradio.com. Then you're just going to want to cut out flat Supergirl and then like slap her on to them with some tape or glue to a popsicle stick, a pen or a pencil. And then your only job is to take a creative picture with flat Supergirl. So she could really be doing anything <laughs> she could be i don't know helping you out at home she could be throwing some hope into the sun do you <laughs> do you want to recreate some of supergirl's greatest moments <laughs> uh, don't do that one have flat supergirl chucking the hope into the sun <laughs> that would be very creative and and nobody would see it coming or or perhaps you want uh like maybe a picture of flat supergirl speaking directly to the camera uh giving a hope speech to all of us mm, yeah she can do that as well she's really versatile she can do 
anything. Um, but make sure that while she's chucking that hope into the sun or giving that speech, that you take a picture. Uh, and as many as you like in any kind of situation. And then you want to post those pictures to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And tag at Supergirl Radio. And don't forget to use the hashtag Supergirl Adventures. Yeah, we actually have some new submissions, so I just uh, wanted to to share those at oh Rogue my gosh. Artist Jen <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, shared a uh, Supergirl with a uh, uh, looks like a bison saying today we had we find flat Supergirl hanging out on the plains with a couple of bison. How'd uh, she get there? <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. And then we have some from uh, Mark and Claudia. Uh, Mark. Uh, flew a flat Supergirl up to Horseshoe Bay, Maine to help Nancy Whoa. Drew with a case. Then she went whale watching and finished off the day in Portland with lobster, pot stickers, a healthy green salad, and donuts. Man, Whoa. flat Supergirl had a day. What a day, flat <laughs> Supergirl. I hope she cracked that case. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope so after all of that. Um, and she uh, had a, a, a questionable meal, though. I mean, she went healthy with a green salad, but then she also did donuts. That seems like a contradiction. Contradiction there. Uh, But Claudia looks like took a flat Supergirl to the State Fair of Texas and uh, she had a conversation with Big Tex about where to shop for his clothes. So she's uh, She's, she's out there having a good time. She's getting out there. She's doing stuff. She's living life to the fullest. (laughs) I love it. I'm glad to see flat Supergirl really thriving. Me too. Really enjoying the fall fall weather and her adventures. Uh, that she can have uh, towards the end of the year here. Uh, well, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I take the occasional picture over there. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I'm still doing my Batman v Superman uh, top critics of Rotten Tomatoes reviews every Sunday. Well, I say every Sunday. Check the YouTube channel and make sure I have a live stream scheduled because it's been in the fall. It's been kind of off and on, uh, but usually on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so you can join me over there and check that out. Cool. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can find me as a co-host on DC TV After Dark, where presumably we're going to do another one of these this year. Uh, <laughs> but the, the but the fun is in the mystery of when will it be? <laughs> Why are there so many shows on at the same time so that I'm podcasting all the time? Uh, but it's going to happen. And I think that if I believe in my heart enough, it's we're going to pull one out. Well, I um, sure hope so. <laughs> um, but I'm, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Fun day today is actually the season premiere of season seven of Legends of Tomorrow. But Morgan, you ask, wasn't it just season six? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Um, it's been very hard for us. And we don't <laughs> want to talk about it. But the show is back and that's exciting. We actually just dropped a, a pretty fun episode. One of our really smart listeners um, did a whole fantasy football bracket for us, basically, like a draft. And so we drafted characters uh, to be on our teams for the season, all three of us. And um, the drafts were based on our MVP polls that we've done. Oh, she actually cool. like went back and looked at all the MVP polls for like seasons, like back to season three or four. And then she weighted them. She weighted all of the, and she gave us uh, like the odds on like how much, how many, much percentage of the season each character was. Oh take. wow, that's involved. It was very. Inv- we got to do prop bets too, like oh. things like you know when's a producer gonna like slip. 
uh, mention of themselves into the season. And <laughs> it was really fun. So I don't feel confident about my team, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're going to take it, really. But uh, but I have to I have to root for them now. My 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 uh, my zombie witch team which is uh sarah lance and astra uh anybody who got sarah lance because of how she dominates the polls uh got a handicapped by only getting one additional team member it was really it was that involved um so if you want to know more about our fantasy draft um it's a good time to uh to subscribe to the podcast and see see who we all picked and and then you know check in on the season and see how we're all doing we're gonna have like the leaderboard up (laughs) that's fun that's fun (laughs) i like that that's such a good idea uh for a possible game night in the future i want to do something similar to that morgan but but not really a draft but more like a like a sweet 16 tournament with uh characters from supergirl or characters from the airverse so interesting we, we might do something like that for a game night in the future so uh that's a really good idea though of the 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 draft very cool. Well, well, you'll have to let us know how your team's doing. <laughs> I will. I'll update you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we wish someone would surprise us with chocolate roulade, Jaffa cakes, and hobnobs. <laughs> <laughs> The CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, Oh, no. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luthor, boardroom or ballroom. She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.